passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the annual Worst of Show at Post Wrestling. I'm John Pollock, joined by Wei Ting, and representing up next, we have Davey Portman and Braden Harrington here in the post office as we are getting ready to purge all of the garbage from the past year. Gentlemen, welcome, Davey. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, you're supposed to go to me first. Well, I threw it up. Changing up. Hello. We're the worst. Well... You guys have not come uh, ill-prepared because uh, you two are being accompanied by... Uh, what particular brand are you drinking, Brian? Um, I, the bottle's turned. I can't see it, Way You got to turn the bottle and it's uh, it. sure. it's uh, Basil Hayden's Kentucky Bourbon Whiskey. That is what's going to get Braden and Davey through this show. Uh, I mean, we're here to talk about the worst of, so I'm trying to forget. Forget the year that was. Um, so I brought some bourbon. To the post office. and We uh, got sober enough to remember this year and remember what was shit. Well, and I now we've remembered it and we've written it down. We can forget again. Is that yeah, what you're saying? That's right. Yeah. Every, every time we talk about any of this awful stuff in the world of wrestling of 2019, take a shot. <laughs> I, I am in charge of uh, seeing this show till the end. So I am abstaining. But Wei, you are not, you are not mixing. How does this bourbon stack up this, to this other... Thing- well, this thing's delicious. So, um, I, I I'm not much of a a, a liquor drinker. Period. Mm. So, I don't know, have much of a basis of a comparison except for your J.R. Ewing bourbon. Just high quality. I mean, I would say this at least uh, ranks up there, if not even a little better. Uh, last year, we came on this show, Davey. We brought a little bit of the bubbly, which we were ahead of the curve. We were because yeah. that wasn't a thing. I mean, it was a thing, but it wasn't a thing in we wrestling. Invented, yeah, sparkling wine. Yeah, that's last right. Year. But you sprayed it all over the post I office did, walls. Yeah. So this year, oh, we thought, that's right. I remember. <laughs> did, didn't like the glasses break. We had like shitty plastic gla- Dollarama. Well, well, now we have well, now we have our own Patreon. We can afford high end bourbon oh, yeah. to bring over Man, instead. Of- <laughs> this this just typifies the uh, the podcast success you two have had <laughs> over the past year. Well, last week we went through all the best of, and thanks to everybody for all your great feedback to the show. A lot of people enjoyed all the, uh, the the in-depth conversation that we had over the course of two-plus hours chatting the best of. We will see how much we get out of the worst of the past year. Davey, if you had to summarize 2019 in five words or less, what would you say this year as you think back? Great wrestling, but some shit. <laughs> That's really good. Way? Actually. Um... Lots of television to watch. Braden? Um, don't remember much too lit. <laughs> <laughs> John? Why am I doing this? <laughs> all right. We have all of our categories as we also have our comparisons to the 2018 worst of uh, picks that we had. And we're going to start things... 
right into the thick of things with worst wrestlers of the year. We have broken this up into male and female categories. Last year, the selections were as follows. The worst male wrestler of the year, we had myself, Way, and Braden choosing Baron Corbin as the worst wrestler of the year. Davey went rogue and chose The Undertaker (laughs) as the worst wrestler of 2018. Will any of those choices repeat Way is going to let us know. Uh, not for me, because I don't think this person really was uh, in contention last year. But I might go with a bit of a controversial pick for some, but I'm going with The Fiend. I think Bray Wyatt is a great wrestler. I think the character is wildly entertaining um, in the right context. But if we're talking mostly in-ring, which I consider this category to, to pertain to, I feel like there's so many limitations placed on this character that prevent him from having... A good match and I can't say the same thing about somebody like like a Baron Corbin or like anybody else you know I think it's far easier easier to get a good match out of Baron Corbin than the fiend with uh the no selling and, and of course the red light so he is my pick for unfortunately worst wrestler of the year yeah and this is a weird category because sometimes it is um someone that is a disappointing like everyone's gonna have a different definition of what their worst wrestler of the year is uh davy how did you come to your answer yeah i'm glad you said that because most of my picks are disappointing it's seeing the potential in uh maybe a certain match or a certain performer or whatever and being completely underwhelmed by it and uh, i would say way you're you're not being controversial at all because my pick is also bray wyatt um we were all there at SummerSlam and we were all raving when we saw that uh, entrance. Um, and I think the actual character, the whole Mr. Rogers thing with speed and the split personality has been fantastic and so well done. But the way, just the way they've booked the matches has created a wrestler where I can't be interested in any match to have him kick out of 32 stomps and be electrocuted and still rise and win. I'm like, okay, I'm done. Who's going to beat you? No one can. Okay, Roman Reigns will after 42 spears or I don't know. It's, I'm checked out. I think you you can create, to kick out of one, maybe two stomps. That would be cool. And then win the match. And then you can have the thing where the odds can eventually build up and you can get it off of him. uh, The title that is. Um, But yeah, it's, and then you've got the red lights as well. So you can't even see what's going on. Um, it's a shame. It's a shame because I think Bray Wyatt is such a creative uh, human being and has put so much time into this. And I don't know if any of you saw the, the text he he sent the guy, uh, I can't remember his name. Tom Sabini? Mm-hmm. Yeah, who, who the mask. made the mask and was like, you have saved my career. And, and it's just a shame seeing that the WWE shit strikes again and just can't book. I mean, that said, though, they're completely behind this character and going full steam ahead with him, even with the the criticisms of the presentation, which I think you can you can look at, at the positive. There's a lot of creativity that has gone into this, a lot of thought that has gone into this. But at the end of the day, you are trying to work this into a pro wrestling context, and it has to work at some level there. And you can have a wide range of different characters and you can go into different areas that traditional sports certainly can't and you can play with that. But it does have to somehow mesh with these other characters as well and not just be 100% focused on this one character. And it's just the baby face has to contend with it. And in the Seth Rollins case and the Miz case, 
coming out worse than they walked into those programs. It's going with. too soon at that point as well. If you had it gradually, like if a year down the line he he kicks out of the fourth stomp, it might be worth more. But to have it as pretty much the first main feud to just and as the champion. Just, as the champion and it killed so much it killed seth rollins as well you you just destroyed so much with he that. reminds me of uh, i'm a huge horror movie fan we review some horror movies in our patreon uh, michael myers is my favorite one of my least favorites is jason Voorhees. he's cheating he can you can run away as far as you can but you turn around he's behind you you hit him with everything you got he won't die because he's a ghost and he's got magic powers that's just, just cheap storytelling booking of this character who is your pick Brad? uh it was not the fiend it was the same pick that I chose last year. Uh, Baron Corbin is my worst wrestler of the year. But he improved so much. <laughs> right. According to someone, he improved. Uh, I didn't see any improvements whatsoever. Uh, he is my least favorite wrestler in probably the world of wrestling. Till the till till the cows come home. Till the wrestling more doors. Than more, than, more than Matt Taven. More than Matt fucking Taven. I chose Baron Corbin because there's so many things this year. I don't even remember what he did in 2018. But this year, alone, you got the dog food, which should have taken the cake instantly. That's already... You've had the feud with Seth Rollins. The cake which, was, the cake was uh, the cake, two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, true, yeah. Uh, you've had just terrible things. Him with Lacey uh, Evans. Like, what the hell are they thinking? They're trying. They're trying to make big matches, and that's the guy who's in the title program. Just terrible. He's the biggest turnoff. There should be a, an award here that is turn the channel. And this is Baron Corbin for me. I will refuse to watch a Baron Corbin match till like, WrestleMania. I went to WrestleMania this year. How do you ruin a Kurt Angle retirement match? You put that guy in that so, slot. So all of Davy's points about him. Yeah, he's being wrong. A legitimate, <laughs> being the only legitimate heel. Who Brain was busy putting heel. bullets in the chamber for this week. <laughs> I was mad. Uh, no, I, I legit like don't understand. Um, I mean, hey, maybe people do like Baron Corbin. Uh, I just, it's X-Pac heat to me. I don't understand. He's not doing, he's literally not doing anything. I don't find him funny. I don't find him clever on the internet. He's not. He goes after Marks and, and I just, I don't care about any of it. And that's what makes me think he's literally the worst. Because even there are bad guys in wrestling that go, oh, fuck, I hate you. I don't, I just don't want to see you at all. So Baron Corbin, get the fuck out. <laughs> I went with more that was just, I think he's a very good character. I really enjoyed his opening on SmackDown a few weeks ago, the show that Wade did solo. But when this bell rings, this is the last guy I want to see wrestling in a major promotion, and that's Elias. I think that oh. he has not progressed at all in terms of a performer. And I'm fine with this guy just being the host of SmackDown. If he wants to do backstage segments, that's where to use this guy. Do his songs, but... The wrestling end of things does nothing for me. And that's that's the limitation of, of that character. It's just, it is a tune out as soon as the bell rings. And that's been consistent from his NXT days where yeah. he was not all that hot a character as Elias Sampson. And the call-up, he has certainly overachieved uh, once he got the call-up. Because, uh, again, I think he's a great character for the show. Absolutely belongs on the show, but not as a wrestler. Worst female wrestler last year... We all had different picks. Brayden, you had disdain for Nia Jax, who I don't think oh, you can pick this year. Because she's lucky. She was on the sidelines. I mean, uh, she's not lucky. Injured. Yeah, well, but... Way chose Brie Bella. Again, will not be repeating this year. I went with Lana. And Davey, you chose Tamina. So this year, Brayden, why don't you start things off? This one's a tough one uh, because it's it's 
I just picked Baron Corbin, and Baron Corbin is on main television week to week. Like and he's a male. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like this guy's like been been all over this year of wrestling. So my pick for worst female wrestler, I feel like is isn't really fair because she has not been in the same spotlight as Baron Corbin. But that being said, enough time has progressed in this year, and there's a reason that you weren't put in a specific match. My one worst wrestler female of the year is Jessamine Duke from the the Horsewomen. Uh anything she does is just not good. I don't understand how you've been you there. You refuse to even spell her name correctly Jez- in the description every week. Je- is it Jessamine? <laughs> Jessamine. Jessamine Duke. <laughs> I, I just... really inside. I don't understand. Uh, <laughs> Your biggest opponents this year were Jessamine and Tommaso. <laughs> Tommaso, I still can't As, as people who have to spell check you sometimes. Yeah, I don't know how to spell that guy's name. I can't even pronounce that Two guy's M. name. I, I can't pronounce either. Anyways, Jessamine Duke, like, the, she was a cage fighter. And yet you weren't put in the war games when your leader is your girl, Shayna, who's also a cage fight. It just shows that they didn't trust her to be in that match. Why Jessamine and not Marina Shafir? Yeah, I see a little bit more in in Marina Shafir. I feel like there's just something there that isn't what I see in Duke. Like, NXT is supposed to be developmental, but it's been on USA now. That's a bigger... It's not developmental anymore. She should be in Evolve, if that's the case. This is not the case. The stuff, her, her facial reactions, her to selling moves on TV is just not... Like, she just doesn't... She just doesn't understand it. I, and I, I'm not trying to, like, literally make fun of the person. It's just it's not for her. You can just tell it's literally not. If Shayna were to get called up, they should bring the horsewomen on. But I just don't think how long will that last because she just doesn't – just doesn't gra- – whenever I've had to watch her, it she almost doesn't technically count because how many matches have she had this year? But it's well, just, that's why I didn't go. Yeah, exactly. Direction. I feel I feel yeah, I feel bad going there. But I do. I am someone who watches NXT every single week. And she is someone that stood out uh, hands down. So that's why I chose. Her. Well, that's also an, uh, a bit of an issue where you come up it, like Shayna going to Raw, probably Raw, maybe SmackDown, whatever it is. Do you bring those two up? Because that certainly enhances the act and makes Shayna look that yeah. more important. But those two women don't need to be anywhere near Raw or SmackDown no. at the moment. She so. doesn't need the horses. And I would imagine Shayna... I mean, through the Survivor Series, it was really Shayna pushed on her own. So that would be where you would think things would go. Uh, I went with Billy Kay because uh, I, I think that even someone that did have a lot of experience before coming to WWE is someone that... I mean, you just see the limitations and the... The distance between some of the female performers, and I think that uh, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce were put in a pretty prominent position uh, earlier in the year with the tag titles. But to me, it was Billy Kay that kind of stood out to me more than Peyton Royce. And they're again similar to Elias. I think these are great characters. There's a place for them, but the in-ring quality is high now that you can't just get by being below average. And that's where I kind of felt she was this year. Way. So with the, these categories, I tend to favor or, or weigh more heavily uh, somebody if they're given a greater deal of exposure. Certainly, I feel like we can, you know, look um, yeah, to like a one-off appearance as maybe somebody being a, a worse wrestler technically. But I definitely would uh, favor somebody more for this quote-unquote award if they constantly appear and they constantly perhaps, you know, show that they are not necessarily at that level. And uh, to that line of thinking, I went with Lacey Evans as my worst wrestler, female of the of 2019. Uh, again, I think though, with the caveat that 
especially towards the latter half of this year, she's shown great improvement, uh, in particular after her feud with Natalia, uh, onto, you know, what she seems to be cooking up right now as a babyface, which I definitely have higher hopes for, and I think she will make great strides continually in 2020. But in 2019, I really just felt it was too much for her a little bit too soon, being exposed on such a big stage with the hottest <laughs> female act in the business and Becky Lynch. Um, multiple main, uh, quote unquote, main events, uh, at least title matches in the division, uh, just really not doing a whole lot for me. I find the character to be in, you know, interesting, but unfortunately a little too one dimensional, a little too flat without that much evolution, uh, over the course of, of her exposure on TV. So 2018, 2019, the person who, um, I think perhaps disappointed me or aggravated me the most, uh, was Lacey Evans. Mama bear is coming for you. <laughs> yeah. Davey. Guys, shh, you're all wrong. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine too. Lava Bates, the librarian. Um, she uh, she had a bit of a fun run in NXT as Blue Pants many, right. many years ago. Long time ago. And she was brought into NXT as someone who was who was working outside as a wrestler. We're talking six, six maybe even seven years later. Why are you so shit? <laughs> I, I think she's lucky having a job in AEW, and I think it's from having a bit of a name out there from her little NXT run and from like cosplay and stuff like that. She is terrible. If she's regressed, if anything, um, her matches are sloppy. Um, the gimmick sucks, but at least when I've seen Peter Avalon in a match, it's like okay, you, you've you've got something. You're okay. Um, her matches have been dreadful and some of the worst parts of AEW, in my opinion. You just don't read books. You just don't like books. You don't like libraries. Yeah, we learned that last week. Yeah. No wonder. <laughs> yeah, that's why. <laughs> On to worst tag team. Last year, myself, Davey, and Brayden all chose the B team while Way went with the gone and forgotten Titus Worldwide. Ah. Yes. Oh, wow. Remember them? Of course. Yeah. Wow. Was, uh, remember that guy, Apollo Crews? Uh, Who? <laughs> yes. Apollo? This year, uh, worst tag team, uh, let us start off. Let's go to Davey. Um, well, I am going to go to the horsewomen. Oh! Jasmine Duke and Marina Shafir. As Braden said, we had a, a war games just just a month or so ago, ago and Shayna Baszler was team captain. And instead of picking her two best friends, her tag team friends who are legit cage fighters she picked two women that she's feuded with for the last year <laughs> um i feel you you said you uh, john you feel they complete the act i feel shana looks weaker when she is with them shana looks way more dominating when she's out there on her own uh, i don't think she needs them at all they haven't improved a bit they're whenever they're behind shana and they're just like gawking and doing these stupid facial expressions um and they have had tag matches this year, so that's why I'm including it counts. them. And I and I think most of the tag teams are, are actually pretty decent that are out there right now. Um, I think they're terrible. My choice was the Iconics, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. And again, it was they were put in a really prominent spot. They were the successors to Bailey and Sasha Banks, who established those tag titles. I thought you did a really good job establishing those tag titles immediately because you had them put over the emphasis of what it meant to be the first champions. And then they decided to put the titles on the Iconics at WrestleMania, almost like here's the team you would least expect to be champions. So buckle up. Here we go. 
And to me, it just totally killed these tag titles. They meant nothing. They barely did any anything with these titles for the entire run that they had. It was, to me, a complete gap in the chronology of these tag titles. And a, a role that the, the Iconics are out there to be annoying. They are there to be on the microphone and... Don't need tag titles. Absolutely not when they're in the embryonic stages of just establishing in a company that is just rife with way too many titles to begin with. Uh, you just kind of doomed uh, these tag titles at this point. And I still don't think they've rehabbed them to the degree that they had at the beginning where they initially introduced them. So the Iconics were my worst tag team of the year. Way. I went with the B team. Um, oh, again? I mean, you felt left did out I, last did year. I, did I pick them last No, year? you went with Titus World. Oh, okay. You <laughs> went against the grain, so you're making up for it. I'm a year behind on my pick. But, you know, honestly, I was looking through sort of the roster of, of choices that I had to, to go from. And, like, I mean, I thought about a number of them. I thought about, like, the Forgotten Sons. Um, but then, like, I thought about the Iconics. I thought about the Dark Order. And I feel like all of those other teams have at least some redeeming quality to them. You know, the Forgotten Sons always deliver in-ring. Iconics have great personality. I can't say the B team at this point offer any of these things to me. Um, I don't, you know. Be honest. Were you surprised that the B team, that you had totally forgotten about the B team until you had these awards? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> like, that, they, they don't even exist. Dude, well, yeah. you just said B team. And I was like, "There's no, they're not still. Are they still? still and I was like, oh. Do I, I mean, I, I would have picked up a co and Primo if they had at least one match or two, but they didn't even do that. So it, I, 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 I can't reasonably say, you know, even some, a team like the Forgotten Sons or the Iconics when they still exist. And Braden. Yeah, uh, there's there's I was stuck between two teams here. Now, I already mentioned uh, Jasmine Duke being my worst wrestler. So I was instantly like, oh, I hate both of these two. But something really did piss me off this year in wrestling, and that was I was at WrestleMania. The Iconics win the women's tag titles, which are still new. And you're like, I was like, oh, I didn't expect that. But okay, I'm kind of for it. They could run with that. And then they completely make you forget that these things even exist. Um, I think the Iconics are really funny. The Iconic has gotten way over. People love doing the pose. But when it comes to actual wrestling, I can't name you any other match this year that I enjoyed other than that WrestleMania one. And yeah, they totally killed those titles instantly. What, what did they do? So I'm going to choose the Iconics as well because not a great year. All right. So we had a few options there to choose from. Worst promotion last year. Wayne Braden chose WWE. Davey went with World of Sport. And I chose the rest in peace Lucha Underground that will not be oh, repeating wow. this year for myself. So one of these one of these promotions we pick might not be around next year, is what you're saying. Well, if your worst promotion, I guess that's uh that's a potential question that you have to ask. Two are gone from last year. Yeah. So uh I well, I mean you're looking at me, so I'll just come out of the gate and say it. I choose Ring of Honor as my worst promotion of two thousand and nineteen, which is crazy because near the beginning of the year I was tooting their horn being like, guys, they're doing a show at Madison Square Garden with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Holy shit, this is insane. I, I need to go to this event. I, this is a, a must-see event. The event itself was great. New Japan did a good job. Uh, it was the event I wanted to see the most that weekend. Me too. I was like so excited. I've never been to MSG. I was so, I've been to so many Ring of Honor shows throughout the years. Um, I just feel like this year it was a domino effect of little things adding up to other things and just so many things gone wrong. You you saw the writing on the wall and so many – like how could people be so stupid in some of the things that have happened? 
I just think there's there might not be saving this company uh, within a year. So uh, Ring of Honor, we've had some good mo- moments and memories, but you might be signing off. No, this was a, a critical year for Ring of Honor that... You know, it's it's interesting when you go back and you replay how All In came about that Ring of Honor very well could have told them, no, you're not doing this show. Mm-hmm. And we have a piece of paper with your signature on it that forbids you from doing this outside show. So instead, they let those guys do that show. They assisted them in running it. And I'm sure their hope was we do them this solid. Maybe there's a chance we keep them. Maybe they would leave regardless. But the ripple effect of that losing those talents and then how you would rebound because you have this Madison square garden show. And that's really where like you take that Madison square garden show out this year. uh, The, they averaged 707 people this year, if you take out the MSG show. So it was a dramatic, um, you know, you MSG kind of just uh, deviates from the, the larger fall that ROH had this year. They were also, I think, just victims, and this may have happened regardless, that with so much wrestling content out there, it's going to be the next year that I think will be a big story next year is the impact that AEW and WWE is going to have on all the other companies. And Ring of Honor was probably going to f- feel that regardless because they're not going to be the number one priority for fans. Couple that with, you know, questionable creative decisions, who you went with this year, the bad publicity they got from the 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 fan incident with Bully Ray to all of the stuff with Joey Mercury and Kelly Klein. It was just a terrible year for Ring of Honor. So I think you have to look at where they were January 1st versus December 31st. And it was, uh, to me, three to, three to four steps back um, in terms of where they were a year ago. Way. ROH. And Davey. <laughs> ROH. And like, look at that MSG show. Right. What were your favorite bits? Yeah. Was it ROH? Matt Taven. Apart from Jay Lethal throwing a ladder at a fan, like, I can't tell you. Uh, <laughs> I can't tell you anything ROH Enzo did. Enzo and Cass, what are you talking about? Enzo oh, and Cass, yeah. yeah exactly. Right. ROH, easy. That that show was crazy. I was so looking forward to that. And then I, I walked out being so, I was like, wow, that was so much fun. And then we got to a bar where the guy, the guy who got hit by the ladder was at the bar. <laughs> and we were all hanging out there. And then everyone's like, yeah, this was really good. That not so much. And I was like, yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't like that either. Huh, yeah. Marty didn't really climb and do anything in that ladder <laughs> match. Must be scared of heights. Matt Taven did win. Why did Matt Taven win? Why did this happen? Why did... Huh. You know what? Maybe I didn't like... Maybe I like New Japan, and that's why. Also, that show wouldn't have happened without the Bucks and Kenny, because wasn't that show already like in the plans from before, and then they lost them? It's just tough, but... What, what can they do to... Reengage your interest. I don't know. I feel like it's too late. I feel like it's they, too they late. They seem to go. They seem to be going heavy on like a big lucha focus now. You see, like Ray uh, Ray Horace starting to do matches. Fl- Flamita in there. You have. I, I don't think it's necessarily like they've got great talent, but it's look at what NWA has done with the talent pool that they have. Mm-hmm. I think often it just comes down to good, good creative, hot matches. That's really all you need. Their TV is totally missable. Like you don't hear anybody yeah. talking about ROH TV. Um, it's big changes that need to be made, and I, I can't point to one or two things that's going to change things around. To me, it's this year is one where you have to identify the source of your problems, and there's also the question that, best case scenario, we might be third on the list for people. We're not going to be one or two, oh, yeah. and can you be viable at that at, at that list? I would say it is possible. I mean, two years ago, I, I wasn't with you guys then, but I'm pretty sure most of your picks was probably Impact. I'm pretty sure that was... 
on this list for many years right. and they're still hanging in there and they're they're starting to to turn more heads around with like Tessa Blanchard and stuff and sure that they're, they're struggling but they're surviving and I don't think that name is as dirty as it once was right um ROH are at that point now and you can save it but it's a struggle where there's so many bigger companies now and their ROH and Impact are similar in that their their ability to continue is all it's all based upon their parent company wanting to operate them. And that's, that's where their life is. It's like, if Sinclair made that decision tomorrow, they'd be gone. They could divest themselves of ROH Anthem. Like they impact is a massive amount of their business. So that's where those, those companies are valuable to their owners. Essentially. They should have put Marty over. I wonder if the year would have been much different. It wouldn't have been really, but really looking at it now, right? We go on to worst feud of 2019. Last year, it was myself and Braden (laughs) selecting Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass, while Davey and Way chose Bailey versus Sasha Banks. Oh, yeah. Remember remember those classics? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Daniel Bryan is back after this career-threatening injury. Big Cass. That's that's the guy. And then he ended up at MSG. Way, your worst feud. My worst feud this year was... Bobby Lashley and Lana versus Rusev. And I have to admit, you know, at the at the end of 2019, I would say this feud wasn't completely without any sort of benefit. I think it's actually helped Rusev become a viable babyface. And I think it's given Lana some airtime. I do believe the people involved here are talented, but um, just the subject matter and I think the constant weeks of television talking to talking to me like like i was just the lowest common denominator viewer of television and i i'm so disappointed that this has worked because i wanted to trash this thing 100% completely and i really can't because i think there are redeeming qualities but for my value the the most enduring feud that i've had to sit through the most of that has also aggravated me the most was this one davy I went for Lacey Evans and Baron Corbin versus Becky and Seth Rollins. Um, Becky was the hottest thing in wrestling last year and the beginning of this year. She won at WrestleMania in the first ever women's main event. And Seth Rollins has had a bit of a a shaky road. He was super hot in the shield. Um, His like first heel title run was polarizing. Some people loved it. Other people were like, meh. Um, and it took him a long time to rebuild. And he finally, I felt, got that. He started getting some steam going into WrestleMania. And then it came out that him and Becky are in love. And Are they dating? They're dating. Did you know? Is Britt Baker a dentist? Yeah. <laughs> and this just made Seth look so lame. I yeah. think this was the origin of Seth's not cool. Um, just him next to Becky, where Becky is just so quick with her... Uh, smart comments. I feel like the Twitter stuff started around then where Becky would say something clever and he'd say something fucking lame. You had Baron Corbin at this point who's still in his TGI Fridays waiter outfit. (laughs) Uh, Lacey Evans is from the 20s. I don't know why or whenever it's from. (laughs) She works at the other restaurant. Yeah. It it just... It made everyone look bad. No one came out of this feud looking good. Lacey Evans, there's some really... Like, we watch her on NXT... And you see things where you go, oh, that's good, and that's good, but she's not ready. Um, she's not ready for that push yet. And it, it was a shame, because I think it damaged her, 
And I think if she stayed in NXT for a bit longer and tweaked the character a bit more and had more reps in the ring, she should she could be pretty good. Um, and it, I think no one came out this feud looking good. At it's, all. So, it's so important when you have those big WrestleMania programs climax and you know who your big characters are going to be having those feuds ready post WrestleMania. And I think with Becky, it really sucks that Nia had the, the double knee surgery because everything was ready made for that program coming off the punch to get to that feud. And that could have been a much better program for Becky coming out of WrestleMania and instead Lacey Evans was, extreme rules so which would work perfectly with Nia where you don't actually have to do too much wrestling it's just a weapons match like yeah. it could have been something like instead Lacey Evans was thrown into the deep end and it was just way too much too soon in a main event program and yeah it it was uh, that's a perfectly worthy choice um mine I went with uh, Kurt Angle and Baron Corbin and really this was an extension of the Kurt Angle retirement tour which was very sad to watch and now we're getting to see a comparison to Jushin Liger going in and to me it's like that's that's one of like it's probably the high point that I'm looking forward to of uh you know as we just saw in Japan yeah it was incredible I can't believe that happened I can't believe you guys got to see that yes in foresight and hindsight Hmm. um I, I don't pin this all on Baron Corbin because you know the Kurt Angle match like the guy just he was done. He was completely done. And you saw in these TV matches. And then you go into just such a lackluster final match for a guy that was, um, you know, a major, major part of WWE from 99 to 2006. And instead, he just went out with a whimper. I think many people would have to really guess to even remember his retirement as anything special. And if you're comparing it to retirements of the past, not to say many stick, but if you're looking at anything near the Ric Flair level, this was the complete extreme opposite and was just a nothing, a forgettable end to Kurt Angle's WWE career. But I will also say, I hope that was his last match as well, that he doesn't stage some comeback at some point down the road. Uh, Brayden. Yeah, my worst feud of the year. Am I allowed to say Baron Corbin versus anyone he's feuded with this no, year? No, you have to be specific. Because I really hated him with Seth. Because he that did that last like, year, by the way, for one of your really one of your picks. It was just Nia Jax versus anyone. Well, I feel like it's a solid choice. Like it's an literally, of worst wrestling. Yeah, I don't like any of the feuds. Uh, I really hated the Kurt Angle thing. Like, what a what just terrible. Uh, I I guess that's the fuck. Who did he feud with? He feuded with Seth. He feuded with Roman. That was all three bad. Um, I'm just going to... You said the one with Angle. That one, yeah, that one just made me sad. Like, I love Kurt Angle. I grew up watching him. And then this is what I got. I'm at WrestleMania. Yeah, sure. Baron Corbin, Kurt Angle. The feud was sad. It just made me feel sad. Thinking about it now, not even laughable. I'm sad. Why was it Baron Corbin? You had John Cena in his old gear show up to that WrestleMania. Why wasn't it him? We move on to our worst matches of the year. We'll start off with worst men's match. Last year, Davey and Brayden chose a match that they attended live. It was AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> oh, no, I wasn't at that one. You were at that <laughs> match. Oh, did you not go? <laughs> no, okay. no. Um, well, I also attended that show, but my pick was Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar from that same show. Whoa. What a WrestleMania. <laughs> nice. And, way you went with Triple H versus The Undertaker from the Super Showdown in Australia. Mm-hmm. So, the Super Showdown returned this year, it but did. In, in, in a, a different, different country. Co- different country. Yeah, repurposing wow. the main, that, main event. That only was, so many names for shows. You can use some hyphens as well. Yes, it's uh, show dash uh, down. <laughs> yeah, and a main event that might make its return in this category. All right, so worst men's match of the year. 
Uh, I will start this one off and some honorable mentions first. <laughs> uh, another one I attended live, Frank Mir and Dan Severn at Josh Barnett's Bloodsport. Whoa. <laughs> Terrible. Good. Okay. Uh, Seth Rollins and The Fiend, I think, is going to get a lot of love here, which is why... <laughs> I had to go with the gauntlet match from Raw on December the 16th that uh, Andrade got a phantom victory in after DDTing a man onto the cement and leaving through the crowd, which means in 2019, you're the winner and you're getting a title shot at the MSG house show. I truly believe it was only a, d- deemed a victory because of the bit of fan outcry. If people didn't complain, they wouldn't have announced Would that, that not be a DQ? It's supposed to be. So Umberto sure. should have been the one to win don't try to think so i uh, believe me rollins and the fiend was going it was like my lock to be worst match of the year but man i was so pissed that night that that 50 minute match ended that way and they wonder why there's people like brayden that don't tune into the show ever (laughs) ever and don't watch the show anymore and i've got to hear excuses "Ah, tv's fragmented now uh it's also a big pro the best stat i heard this week was uh, Dave Meltzer comparing... So Raw on December 23rd, okay? It did a lower number than New Year's Eve last year. The last... December 23rd is not an important day. It's like, you're not talking like Christmas Eve. The last time they were on December 23rd, they did 3.8 million viewers. So that's the gap of six years. The NFL game did like the exact same, six years apart. Mm -hmm. And this is a company that got their TV rights in a large part because they are viewed by these broadcasters as they are original sports programming that people are going to watch live and that tells you the audience that they have whittled away that the nfl has not so not to say they're the exact same thing but in a nutshell the gauntlet match is the reason why these numbers are collapsing shit like this wow braid he's mad you you chose davy no, I didn't choose. Oh, then you go. Worst match of the year. Is it Baron Corbin versus everyone? It's Baron Corbin. Uh, this one was hard because there's two big ones that stand out. But then you're like, ah, oh, uh, you mentioned one of them. So I'm just going to stray away from it. But I mean, shout out to a Hell in a Cell ending in a DQ because like that's instantly the worst of the year. No, but... it wasn't a DQ, right? It was a referee stoppage. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, Sorry. The WWE.com clarification that they're, they're getting like masters of just... Uh, explaining booking on the website. But I mentioned earlier, like, it's, it's, sometimes it's not even just like, is this the worst ever? But like, you're, you, you're going into this with hopes of seeing something. And I went into a dream match this year with certain hopes, as did many wrestling fans, when I watched The Undertaker versus Goldberg, first time ever in Saudi Mania and Super Showdown. This this was uh, I don't even want to say this is the worst match ever because we put this on sometimes. You want people to leave your party? Throw this match on. This will get it going. Uh, Goldberg and Undertaker. I felt like I was watching Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir have a match in Saudi Mania. This was just so weird to me. Um, I'm I'm uh, Saudi Mania is a great name by the way. <laughs> <laughs> really... Blood money in the bank. Yeah. Um, so so it was just weird because. These are two of the biggest stars in wrestling history, and they're finally fighting. Now, of course, we all going, this is not going to be very long. We're going to see a spear, a spear, a tombstone, whatever. We saw that, and then it just continued. And 
I, I mentioned of watching something that just made me feel sad. This one made me cringe. It's like when you're on the highway and you saw a car crash next to you and there's dead bodies on the side of the road. But you're like, you know, you shouldn't look. But like, damn it, I'm looking. And oh, boy, that's not very I good. I mean, the guy smashed his head open in a post. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, just not good. I know a lot of people hate this match. Um, maybe they'll do a rematch down the line. I don't think they should. But this was just this is going to go down in the history of, of like this was a dud in the world of wrestling. Let's just all agree that like this match sucked. So that's why I choose it. Way. Well, John, if you thought an hour gauntlet match without a finish was going to make you mad, try sitting through a 60-man battle royal with the likes of Michael Blaze, Caveman Ugg, and Sexy Eddie that ends in a no contest. I thought my, of this one. Because my worst match of the year was the greatest clusterfuck from GCW's Joey Janela Spring Break 3 Part 2. And um, I don't know how many people would have sat through this thing, and bless you. Dude, you try have. watching that thing at a Tim Hortons. <laughs> which I did. <laughs> like, that's right. You have to cover this one. And, you know, um, I have to say also that I think an accolade like this might be exactly what Joey Janela was going for when booking a show like, 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 or booking a match like the clusterfuck, because every year the clusterfuck, I can only best describe it as perhaps a live trolling experience. Mm. You know, the feeling of just a never ending thing of just the most ridiculous entrance. Um, a match forget about even enjoying match quality like i think it's already tough enough to enjoy a royal rumble or or a battle royal in terms of in ring this was all that and worse um impossible to focus on any of any of it because of the lack of coordination involved eliminations were coming and going because uh nobody was really paying attention to anything cameramen were missing everything just sloppiness all around it really gave you the impression that they just had a bunch of people backstage and said all right go up there and uh yeah just uh, leave after this guy or whatever whenever you want leave whenever you want because it really didn't matter because the finish came <laughs> When a bunch of female stars came into the ring, oh my god! Attempted to tear up this this canvas um, to their best of their abilities, I suppose, as a signal went off the air, and this was the planned finish. They did not run out of airtime or anything. It, it, the fact that it was the planned finish um, makes this absolutely worse because it was completely flat. And to do this to somebody who sat through sixty participants oh. in this clusterfuck. Um, Congratulations. I think very hard-earned, well-deserved worst match of the year award. They win. Davey? I honestly thought it was going to be a clean sweep I did for too. Taker Goldberg. <laughs> oh, no. I, I actually and, thought Rollins and The Fiend was yeah, sweep. And, I yeah, thought so, too. too. Um, I thought that was significantly worse. I just want to say before I reveal, I, I fucking love Taker versus <laughs> Goldberg. I'm sorry. Like, people, PCO has this huge resurgence, and for me, it's... Like that match is a PCO match. It's you're watching it going, ah, these guys shouldn't be doing this, but they're doing it anyway. Um, and I applaud them for how ambitious they were. <laughs> we all thought it was going to be a a two minute match. It, it wasn't that. <laughs> Felt like twenty. Um, but I am going to pick something from the Super Showdown, and I'm picking this because it sums up everything wrong with WWE for me. They were uh, they picked someone. From a show Braden and I watched called NXT. A guy called Lars Sullivan. And they were building him up to be the big monster. Oh yeah, yeah. this was stupid. So too. they booked him in a match against the Lucha House Party. Three guys against one. And the Lucha House Party win lose the match via DQ. They get disqualified against the heel monster Lars Sullivan 
but you've got to give Lars his heat back. So Lars kills the Lucha House Party after. This made no sense booking-wise yeah. to me. It made no one look any good. Like, why? You should have had Lars just kill these guys. It it made no sense. And for me, this was like, yeah, this is what WWE is now. They just don't think that... It, you said, like, that match where you picked was... You, you feel Joey Janela was deliberately trying to troll. put on... Like, troll and put on the the worst match possible. I feel WWE do this on a weekly basis because, and then I listen to Bruce Pritchard and he, he defends this shit on his show. And it's like, no, it makes no logical sense at all. That was bad. And so match quality, there was probably worse, but it's what this match represents. And you could say the same with, sorry, a ref stoppage in a hell in a cell, but it, it was just nonsense. Wow. Okay. I look at this show as like a tomb that one day will go back and this will tell the story <laughs> of 2019. So I am switching my pick oh. because there's no way yeah. that we're going to go a year from now and not reference Seth Rollins and the Fiend. You're right. Rollins. That has to go down. Right. I thought everyone was going to pick that one. You're right. None of you did. So I am, uh, that was oh, it's in another yeah, category. Yeah. <laughs> I will yeah. just say this when we and way watch together, it's usually in silence. And about 10 minutes into that, I just go away as I'm shaking my head. What the fuck are we watching here? It's like we're watching this and we're just trying to keep quiet and not. Look, See, what is going on it's, here? It's for that reason that I feel like there was an air of a bit of an excitement to that match. The fact that, like, I think thinking about it, it was not a good wrestling match. But I think the discussion and the hysteria coming out of it. Made it entertaining in hindsight, oh. so I kind of got some value in that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. But I, I do. It was it was a toss up between Taker Goldberg and the Fiend thing because I I watched this and I hate the red lights. I can't watch these matches with the red lights. I but just couldn't believe what I was seeing. Yeah, it it was yeah. very it was very jarring because it, it is over the top of just you're, this can't be real. I mean, it literally can't be real. There was there was footage that came out before it of a house show with the Fiend and Rollins where. Where Rollins stomped him, and then the fiends sat up. Yeah, and I know there was some quite positive buzz going around, like, "Oh, okay, they're doing this sort of Michael Myers thing." And I think if they did that twice, would have been fine. And I, I feel they they maybe thought Rollins was going to have this longer reign, and then just with the way that match was, that they killed went, the baby face. They right? went, "Oh, yeah. we we've got to we've got to put the title on him because we've we've completely killed this whole thing." And if we if we don't put it the title on him in the next one, we've we've lost the fiend as well. It's I it made no sense. I hated the next one too. I hated I hated that whole feud. Honestly, that that was too bad. That you're right. It belongs in a tomb of worst match of the year. And yeah, it has to be. I'm happy that you chose it. Worst women's match of the year last year. We all had different picks. I chose the Bella Twins and Natalia against the Riot Squad. That was the match on Raw where Liv Morgan got injured. Wade chose Carmella versus Charlotte Flair from Backlash. Davey, you went with Carmella versus Asuka from Money in the Bank. Brayden chose Nia Jax. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> all of them. Can you choose that for best match too? Like Will Ospreay and all of them? Yeah, you could. You no. totally could be like, yo, what was the best match this year? Will Ospreay versus blank. Davey, you start us off. What was the worst women's match you um, saw this year? I'm going to do like most disappointing this time uh there there were some pretty shitty women's matches uh and i, I don't want to say something like uh Zia Lee versus Aaliyah because i watched back this week cuz which wasn't a good match but also Zia Lee's been doing this like a year and there's some really cool stuff she does i think and 
I, I, I feel bad saying that. So uh, I think, I think it was, uh, was it Oscar against, what was the one against Mandy Rose where they did the whole bullshit with the ring apron? Like Sonia Deville tripped Mandy Rose by accident. That was shit. Um, <laughs> but my pick is the triple threat from Survivor Series. Uh, Shayna Baszler versus Bailey versus Charlotte. Um, no, sorry, versus, versus Becky. <laughs> versus Becky. Versus Becky. Uh, it should have had Charlotte because it would have been a better match. Um, I thought Survivor Series was a fantastic show. To be honest, one of the best WWE shows of the whole year of the main roster. Um, this was the main event. This was what they put out. I thought it was so boring, so boring. It was sloppy. I don't think anyone looked good. Um, it was supposed to be the shining moment for Shayna that by the end of it, you can't wait to see Becky and Shayna. And instead, I think all the air was let out of that balloon. Yeah. And they didn't even let Shayna stand tall at the end because Becky had to get a thing back after the match. Um, yeah, it, it was just really disappointing. Uh, and that's why it's my worst match of the year for the mm. women. Let's go to Brayden. Yeah, I mean, I actually kind of want to pick that match. There was one other match that I... I was the toss-up between Zia Lee versus Aaliyah, uh, which I actually went back to watch. I had to know, was it the worst match? But you're right. Like, uh, these two are just in NXT. Whereas I was truly disappointed with two big matches this year. One of them being Maya, Mia Yim versus Shayna Baszler at TakeOver Toronto. We were praising last week on the best of the other women's match from that show, which some say is their women's match of the year. Where on the same show for the women's title, you had Mia Yim... And Shayna, and I just, I thought it was one of the worst worst matches I've ever seen live in person. But I think I'm going to choose the Becky versus Bailey versus uh, Baszler as well. Because from start to finish, I was so excited to see this match. It was the main event. Everyone was pretty pumped for this whole show. And I just felt robbed of, I feel like I still haven't seen it. Like, what happened in that match? Nothing. Nothing happened in that match. We were about 10 minutes through it and we turned to each other. Like, and, is it started? Are you bored? Yeah. Are you bored? This is so bored. And and I used to be a huge Bailey fan, and I love Becky. Uh, Baszler is just not hitting it for me, and I I just felt like I you want to say you chose it because you were disappointed, and that is why I chose this too. It was just let down. I always defer to anything that gets the response from myself. Is this is one of the stupidest things I've ever seen in my goddamn life, and that happened on the night of April twenty ninth on Raw. When Alexa Bliss took on Naomi and Alexa Bliss had to overcome a wardrobe malfunction that was her shoelaces constantly coming untied as she had to struggle through the match. I don't know how this idea even gets onto a piece of paper, much less approved and onto goddamn television in front of two and a half million people or where the hell this was going. What What a stupid idea. What a stupid match. Easily my worst match <laughs> of the year. Put that in the tune there. Way. I feel like it's pretty evident like who has to review Raw and who doesn't. Because <laughs> there's really no shortage of, of bad women's wrestling matches to pick from uh, for this category. I also went to WWE Raw, but from July 15th, 2019, in the Nassau Coliseum, Natalia, Naomi, Carmella, Alexa Bliss in an elimination match. Um, oh, yeah. oh God! This thing, cage match. This was li- like what, like thirty minutes? Well, cage match listed this as seventeen forty-five. I could have sworn it was longer. <laughs> it certainly felt like it was an hour long. 
Um, this was also during the god awful commercial break reset era, so you had just oh, every, yeah. every excuse possible to to take a break in between. I would say uh, overall, the main complaint coming out of this match was that it was unnecessarily long with a lot of rest holds. Second fall of which I remember like being real, really, really long, and it's the worst. Twenty three minutes and twenty eight seconds. And, <laughs> thank you, and it's the worst when those it's, are from my notes. Oh, thank you, John. <laughs> awesome. Like uh, it's the worst when the second fall is long. And the match is bad because you know there are two falls left, oh. left after that. So there were this is awful chance. There were we want Sasha chance. Let's go Cena. Cena sucks chance for some reason. <laughs> it became a bit of a story after Alexa Bliss, after the match, tweeted out just disrespectful. Like oh, the yeah. words just yeah, disrespectful. Yeah. But I thought it was especially you know notable that the backlash against the tweet from these usually very protective fans, these fans largely felt that this criticism was justified because the match itself was that bad. When that's match, fair game. That's when a match is game. that bad, I, I definitely think... I, I'm grateful that you have audiences like the ones, uh, the people at Nassau who, who voiced their displeasure that I was feeling at home. Yeah, that was... Uh... Yeah, I remember that being... I, I wrote that one down. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's for the notes there. Um, we covered everybody, yes. correct? I sometimes have to uh, yes, no, double check no on all of this. Okay, let us let us continue on now, and we're going to go on to worst promo. Last year, our worst promo included Way choosing Kurt Angle, Davey Nia Jax, I chose Bobby Lashley, and Brayden chose Baron Corbin. So a wide spectrum wow. of WWE scripted interviews uh, were last year. And this year, why don't you start us off with? I'm going to go with Dana Brooke. Um, I, I, again, I, she, very much like Lacey Evans, I feel like towards the end of the year, she's definitely making a bit of a resurgence, a bit of a comeback. I don't know if we've heard that much from her in the promo department yet. We've largely lately just seen her in ring, but, um, this is more, more criticism for maybe some of her earlier work this year when she has appeared. I would say, um, in particular, there's one very impassionate speech she gave to Ronda Rousey as she was interrupting yeah. Ronda. That was just, I thought way too over the top for a pro- even even for professional wrestling uh just about her like you know being neglected I, I the content is fine i just thought it was a little bit too much and you know i i definitely feel bad picking anybody for this but um yeah i had to pick somebody how dare sorry you? dana how dare you Way doesn't have to think for five seconds of who my pick is. Ricochet. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> the man might defy gravity. He does not defy words on a page coming through the screen. Uh, if superheroes are real, I want to see one that can cut a promo way better than this dude. Because it's... Listen, in the WWE system, we understand the limitations that some are going to have. You have to be able to inject something. No one is scripting your tone. No one is scripting your ability to enunciate, to get the most out of the least. And this guy is down to like a sentence that they'll give him. So it's tough. And superhero has to be apparently every third phrase that <laughs> uh, he is uttering. But I think it's it's a major reason why he has kind of been stalled to me. He's in a sense, he he's not like Cedric Alexander, but... He's below Umberto Carrillo now, to me, in in terms of importance on Raw. He's, you know, he's in a comfortable spot, but this is a guy who should be killing it. Mm-hmm. And when you look at his call-up from NXT, has he really, you know, has he stood out in 2019? I, I, I've been watching Ricochet for years, and this to me was, you know, a year where it was rather disappointing looking at one of the top guys in the world 
but his promos are a big problem, I think, in terms of them seeing that in him, that they're going to go to the next level uh, with him and, and protect him to uh, a larger degree. Do you ever notice he always winks, too? Because he can't talk, he can't say anything, he always winks in his promos, especially during NXT. He era. looks like he should be the coolest guy. Yeah. And then he talks, and you're like, oh, you're really fucking lame and boring. <laughs> He's it's, awesome. It's it's bizarre. I feel like if he if he sorts that out, he'll be champ- WWE champion, no problem. But like, yeah, that's holding him back. But well, but he like his favorite wrestler is The Rock. I've heard him like talk with Jericho right. and and be like, yeah, I model myself on The Rock. And where's that charisma? Mm. It's a different system, and you're yeah. talking about a, a very high bar that you're setting for yourself. You know, I, I like we went back to rewatch an, an old WWE show where Neville was like very much playing a similar character, sure. wearing a cape and everything. And just look at the transformation he's made. Mm. You know, when he got to be a bit more like himself. So who's to say outside of the system, Ricochet can't do the same? Well, yeah, and that's always. I think that's going to be forever, like the John Moxley rule of what. How will this guy perform outside of WWE? Because, you know, Moxley is confirmed. That's a real thing. And some people will flounder outside of WWE just as they do inside. But others will look at it like they're they're harnessed and they only have so much that they can maneuver around and have that, that ability to uh, really get over even if they're isn't a whole lot of momentum behind them. Um, yeah, I think it's me that's left for best, uh, worst on the mic. Uh, I'm going to pick someone. Again, I, I don't. I'll just say it. I pick Lana as my least favorite on the microphone, worst promo, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I just, every time this this woman flaps her gums, I get so mad. I get so aggravated. I, I feel like uh, sometimes everything, what she's saying is, is I, I don't know. I, I get mad even thinking about it. The, the character itself is not, is gone on far too long. Whether it be from when she was with Rusev even before years ago, I didn't like her then. I don't like her now. The stuff she's been giving, it's like she, it's like she uh, believes everything she's saying. She owns it up. She lives the character. She lives kayfabe, and it still doesn't work. Isn't for that me. being a good performer? No, but like she's just she's not making you. She's hate not her good at it. She's no, a heel. no, no. I don't. I don't like it. I feel like I, I literally can't sit through a single single promo of hers. Uh, I. I just, I just disdain from watching that whole uh, cuckold angle simply because I'm. I feel I feel stupid when I watch it. I'm sure you guys can attest to that when you watch Raw every three hours. You feel like you're being insulted. Like you're they 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 know you're stupid. Is it, is it the material or is it the delivery? It's a little bit of both, especially from Lana. Uh, and since the incorporating with Lashley, Lashley is one of my least favorites ever, and that it just doesn't work for me. You mentioned maybe last week somehow Rusev's gonna get the best out of this this whole angle. And that's right. I just don't like Lana talking ever at all. Get away. Go away, please. You're not a wrestler. This is wrestling. I like wrestling. That's not wrestling. You don't have to be a wrestler to talk. Yeah, I don't like it, though. <laughs> um, I'm going to go for Kenny Omega. Whoa. Um, I feel he's... he's... WH Park just put his fist right up into the sky. <laughs> he sucked this year. Um, I think he had a really rough bit during those... Um, the being the elite bits where he was like it was terrible yeah the, the, there was a promo that sticks in my mind where he's got clear it was after the moxie match where he had a hell of a match with moxley and then he comes with obviously black makeup <laughs> under his eye it looked like it shitty makeup showing he's got a black eye and doing this depressing promo where i don't believe him at all um yeah i i feel i i compare him to Vince Russo. So, so okay, bear with me here. Vince Russo in WWE had all these crazy ideas, but he had 
He had people like Vince there to rein them in and pick what works and what doesn't. Then he went to WCW and had no one to control him. And he did just did whatever the fuck he wants. And it was mayhem. And I feel this is Kenny with AEW. It's his own project and he gets to do whatever he wants and no one's telling him no. And I think he needs to have people tell him no because he looks like a chump this year. This is a guy who would be so many people's uh, wrestler of the year in other years. He's not put any good wrestling matches out. Well, he, that's not fair. He's had a couple, but nothing, nothing making anyone's list. And I just don't believe him whenever he talks. He just seems like a a nerd who comes out and wrestles occasionally on Wednesdays or on YouTube. Yeah, like he when AEW started, like you had Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega, and those were your your two biggest stars in my opinion and yeah kenny omega has certainly you can't say back burner he's been featured but not to the degree you would expect and i think it's something that you have to look at the elite and how they've positioned themselves thus far going into this cody i think is solid cody is very strong but i think with omega and the bucks that it's it's certainly i'm i'm very curious of how they kind of take some of this criticism and do these guys get to be a bit more selfish because they've gone very far in one direction and they're trying to get over other guys that's commendable but at the end of the day that is the nucleus of your company that you have to keep in a but protected like cody could lose every match but his promos are good like i i i'm invested in everything he says anything when kenny's not in the ring i just like what are you doing i can't even think of any promos that he cut this year i'll tell you the biggest value of kenny omega was seeing him do that press tour up here in canada when the doc came out and watching him on shows like the social and just how personable he was in all these different outlets and they put him sure but like the gauntlet of interviews that he did with people and was to me like he is fantastic in that role of being someone that can go out in the media really sell people on what he does and speaking that language to people that are not following professional wrestling as well so yeah i think this year certainly it was not the same as 2018 for kenny omega worst broadcaster last year we had way brayden and myself choosing jonathan coachman davy you chose shadia bezezo Oh, yeah, she was awful. I don't even know who that she is. She did one show and then... She's no longer with the company yeah. now. Wow. Yeah, she was bad. She oh, was just okay. doing some backstage stuff for NXT <clears throat> for a very, very a brief week. period. Yeah. Uh, Way, why don't you start things off? Where's Broadcaster? So much like how last week I chose a team uh, for my pick, because I, you know, this is how I I personally think about this category. I'm going to pick a team here as well. And I went with the Raw team of Corey Graves, Michael Cole, and Renee Young. The three of them together, for some reason, just created um, just a cocktail of disaster every Monday night for three hours. And I think that 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 was very apparent the moment that you simply took one of those elements out of the team. And I'm not placing single blame on any particular person on that uh, on that team. But for some reason, it was just Renee and Graves constantly yelling at each other throughout much of the three hours. Uh, I'm sure, again, under the coaching and advisement of whoever uh, was perhaps you know in charge of the team, but it just did not make for a great combination to sit through and guide me throughout the three hours of exhilarating professional wrestling uh, that existed on Raw. So they were my worst team. Yeah, I I really do believe that when you look at the commentators, especially on Raw, and I, I can't imagine doing this job. I can't imagine the 
abuse that some of these announcers take in their ears. But yeah, Cole, Renee, and Graves were were my choice as well because I think it's all uh, relative. It's all I, I can't isolate one over the other. I think Renee is in a much better position now mm-hmm. as hosting backstage. She is a tremendous talent. I don't think. First of all, if they were serious about her growing to become a commentator, Raw is not the place to do it. It's the same concern I have with Vic Joseph, who I'm a big fan of Vic Joseph, but Raw is a very tough place to move to when you've been doing 205 Live and and non, you know, main roster programming for the company. And you know, I think I think he's doing a fine job, but that's that's a pressure cooker to be on Raw. Um Davey. Uh it's a toss up between the two gyms for me. Um, and oh, yeah. <laughs> both have said like, I mean, what Jim Cornette said was way worse, but I think his actual commentary is better. Uh, Jim Ross, I think he's completely unnecessary now. He, he sounds, well, we, when we went back and watched some of those old TLC matches for our best match ever show, he sounds so much more engaged. He knows everything that's going on. He, he's giving you facts about these, uh, these wrestlers and how, how they were wrestling in backyards as kids and all this. He he's constantly getting the names wrong. Oh, what which one's that? Is that the butcher? Is that the baker? Is that the blade? <laughs> like it's written on his fucking tights. He's blade. <laughs> Literally says blade. Um, butcher. You've got Tony Schiavone, who's excellent. I like he's completely won me over. Excalibur, who's terrific. I don't know what Jim Ross serves to that booth. Uh, he keeps tripping up with making like just on PC comments like and I I don't think he's uh a racist or trying to be offensive at all but it's it's showing he's not kept up with the times and you if you're in that position going live every week you you need to be able to monitor yourself with what you say and he's made the same slip up with the same word a couple of times this year and I just don't think he I think he's passed it basically and should go Brandon you have a different Pick? Yeah, I mean, uh, John and Way, you both picked the team of Raw. And I, I remember Renee and Corey Graves for some reason. That's what's in my brain of like whenever I tuned in somehow, some way, they were arguing or not talking about the match, but getting jabs in and, and making mentions of Renee's husband. And I, I don't know, just stuff like that. But I'm going to solo it out uh, but just because I know people will have my back here. And because, you know, if just because you're an announcer or commentator doesn't mean you can be a dick on Twitter. So I'm choosing worst commentator, Corey Graves, because uh, no matter where you work with your work friends or your work coworkers, you shouldn't out people the way he did. So, uh, yeah, Corey Graves. Come on, man. Do better. All right. We move on to worst television <laughs> show this year. And last year we had choices of <laughs> Raw for all four <laughs> of us. So we will see if Raw repeats this year. Uh, I'm, I'm going to start this one off. I went with NXT UK. I think this is a show that it's uh, irrelevant. I think it's off people's radar. And I think that it's something that now that we're three years into this experiment of NXT UK, it's the time to really look at and say, what what progress have we made, pardon the pun, with this show? It's, to me, certainly affected the, the British wrestling scene. And, you know, it's great. Certain guys have gotten signed. They are pretty much attached to these contracts. There's There doesn't seem to be any plan beyond we're going to do the tapings. And that's it. These guys are doing these tapings. It's a fraction of your audience is paying attention to the show. There's no buzz regarding it. The Tyler Bates and Trent Sevens may as well be on the side of a milk carton. And this is at a time when 
talent is thriving across the industry, and a guy like a Tyler Bate should be on last week's show, not being discussed in connection to this show this week on the Worst Of show. It's great. They do takeovers. They do two a year, and they're not on TV. They're not touring. So what is what is the grand plan here? It, to me, it's been way more uh, negative than any than any positive, and I, I don't think it's a particularly interesting show that has turned off a lot of people and the audiences that should be clamoring for this is this underground. It's got to me none of the underground mm-hmm. appeal that uh, NXT certainly gotten away from that where it once was, but it's still got that factor. Like this is a hot program, the it cool gets, show. It, it was some of our show of the year. NXT UK isn't in that conversation anymore. And I think people are searching for the wrestling elsewhere in the UK scene. I feel like 205 Live even occasionally makes more waves than NXT UK. Like, I always, I sometimes would, at least in the past, hear about hot matches on 205 Live that I should check out. Never hear about that in NXT UK, unfortunately. You hear, I mean, the t- I mean, people are going crazy for Walter Tyler Bate, but that was a takeover. takeover. And, like, that one yeah. match doesn't make the whole show. Like they've got Walter. They've got access to Walter. And... It's just to me, if it's on NXT UK, may as well not even be happening because it's it's not enough of a of a ripple effect that people are even turning their heads to see what's happening on Thursday afternoon. I think that's what I said on one of our shows just recently. I said, yeah, Tyler Bate and Walter was great, but if a tree falls in the forest and no one hears it. I, I think most people, it's like, they'll, they'll check out the two takeovers, and that's about it. The fact I didn't even think of NXT UK for this <laughs> was because I don't think about NXT UK. As a no, like, and saying that, I'm like, yeah, that... It's completely and right. As a, as a consumer, I am not clamoring for a bunch of these other satellite NXT promotions to pop up if this is the template we're going to follow, where we're just going to yeah. scoop up talent and put, put them into this box that no one's checking out. And it does, to me, a disservice to the scene over there that it's uh, affected other companies and the performers are not really in much of a spotlight. And is it a detriment to be signing to go to NXT UK where you're not even in Orlando. You're not even getting on NXT itself. So I hope at least this year with the USA deal that more of the NXT UK talent gets some of that showcase because they sure as hell are not getting it on a, a Thursday afternoon network exclusive. Wait, I went with WWE raw again and I, it's really hard for me to see myself picking a different show in the years to come for the next several years because I think a combination of just... Listen, the fact that it's three hours is enough for it to claim this title for me. But the fact that I think most weeks, even if you whittled down the three-hour Raw into a two-hour show, I mean, you would get SmackDown. It wouldn't necessarily be that great. So when you're talking about a combination of a three-hour show plus a three hours that aren't very good most weeks anyway... Um, definitely clinches it for me. Um, I again, you know, people always ask, "Oh my God, way I, I feel so terrible for you. How long are you, are you going to be able to do this for?" I always enjoy getting to talk about it like this, you know, in a forum like this, dissecting it with John every single week. The minutia of why I hated something, it it it, it is like it's an odd um, exercise of like, you know, um, like catch and release, you know, tension and release, tension and release. And that's, that, that is fine. I like it. But it, when I, when you're asking me what I would least be least likely to sit down and watch for, for the pleasure and enjoyment of it, I feel like it would be raw. Yeah. Th- this year, when you look at all of the stuff, when it's the superstar shakeup, the draft, the wild card, and specific to raw was that, that whole commercial deal, which I mean, 
that writing staff that had to come up with any way to suddenly our edict is, well, we don't do wrestling during the commercial breaks anymore. And here's your three hour show. Figure it out. Like, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> like, can you just imagine that three hour wrestling show? No, you, you got to find a natural way to break up the match uh, during uh, the commercial nice. break. I feel it's I feel it's weird. So my my choice I was gonna say SmackDown because like they like lied to you as a wrestling fan. In my opinion, they told you that Fox is gonna happen and SmackDown is gonna be this whole different thing. It's gonna be a whole new show. And the first episode blew everyone away because there was like The Rock. It was amazing. And then what? It's it's Raw with two hours. That's what it is now. But it's two hours. Not three, so that's why I choose Raw. Raw, I could be, you couldn't, I could be mistaken. Was there not one but two cuckolding angles this year? You're not mistaken. Raw, I mean, is the, the worst the, show. The technical <laughs> definition of a cuckold has been debated. <laughs> sure, sure, but uh, I'm just yeah. stating that, like, they really, they clearly tried something. It didn't work, so they threw it to someone else. That's like, how stupid do you think we are? And the R- wild- Rusev and Lana took the ball from Mike and Maria and just yeah. kept running. Yeah, like, exactly. You could see that as an as an. They uh, were the viewer. successors of the angle. Yeah, like how how fucking dumb is that? And the wild card rule, like what, what, what? Oh, I don't, this is why I don't watch this show. I'm getting mad. Yes. Then we then we got uh, Brock Lesnar switching shows and announcing. Well, it's Brock. He is the only one who can do this, unless you're Sami Zayn. So or the wild card rule. Um, John convinced me. I'm going to go NXT UK. Um, as shit as Raw is, I'll still put it on. Yeah. If I if I'm in the house on a Monday, I'll put on Raw. Uh, I I listen to you guys. If I don't watch it, run down Raw. I'll still keep an eye on what's going on. And sure, I'll get mad when I watch it. And but there's some kind of sick enjoyment about hating it. <laughs> NXT UK. I don't even know who the fucking champions are right now. Like is Dallas. It, is it Dallas? <laughs> um, I. Which is a shame because these. Did you are... not watch Takeover this past Sunday? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that was good. It was a good show. Good show. <laughs> it's great. You can uh, check out our Patreon <laughs> review on our Patreon. Uh, got there. I'm glad they're doing the undisputed thing, like dripping in gold just with Gallus. Um, <laughs> but but no, I just and it's a shame because these are guys I I watched before I moved to Canada. These are guys I I'd see at uh, indie shows all the time, and I should be supporting them, but I just don't want to watch it. And I, as I said, I even forgot this was. A show, a show until John brought it up Legit. and he made good points. So I, I switched from Raw to NXT UK. Wow. Um, yes. And for more on this, check out the British Wrestling Experience. <laughs> they chronicle the state of NXT UK. And, and check a, out Fortnightly <laughs> of TakeOver UK. Yeah, you guys did watch that. Worst television episode. Last year, uh, Way, Braden, and Davey all chose the November 26th episode of Raw, which Whoa. was a show that featured... Uh, Drake Maverick peeing on Bobby Roode's robe and a show closing promo. Uh, sorry, not show closing, but Dean Ambrose's uh, vaccination. I chose the November 19th episode of Raw coming off Survivor Series that featured Stephanie McMahon using the quote, dismemberment is a bit of a corporate liability uh, shortly after the Crown Jewel show. A 32 minute match without a finish. Um, a promo by Dean Ambrose saying Roman Reigns got what he deserved when he got leukemia. And this was his what's that smell promo in Los Angeles. So I don't think there's any right or wrong answer of which Raw was worse. But November sucked in 2018, apparently, on Raw. This year, Braden, what was the worst wrestling 
television episode of the year? Uh, so I'm a little shaky on the date, but and it's weird that I'm picking this one, but I have my reasons. Because front to back, it wasn't, I probably wasn't literally the worst show this year, but I'm picking it because there's a few other, I was there live. It was the Raw After Mania. Now, not a lot of bad things happened on this show, but there was one thing that rubbed me the that rubbed me wrong so bad that I, I wanted to just leave the, the show. Um, they had both new champions from the night before at WrestleMania, Seth and Kofi, and then they threw away this whole thing with them now having a tag team match with Sheamus and oh, yeah. Cesaro, I think, the bar. And I don't think I've ever been more mad in wrestling. We bought tickets literally right as the fucking show was started. We were at a bar in in uh, New York, Manhattan, Lower East Side somewhere, enjoying lovely drinks with lovely people. And for some fucking reason, we decided to go to Raw. And I, I almost like regret it because this made me so mad. You you just I flew in, as did all these people all over the world. And we're all sticking because Raw After Mania is supposed to be this hot commodity and hot product. And then you gave me this. If you watch that back, I think that is where you got a lot of the original AEW chants and the, all that stuff that like really started that whole, like, hey, let's cheer for these guys during WWE things. It happened at that. I just remember being so mad. Now, the rest of the episode, sure, you had Undertaker just come out. You had a, a Finn versus Sammy match. Just the rest just... Made me go really. That's Sammy wrestled this year. Yeah, I'm like, what? That's the that's what I got after that. Like, Mania wasn't that good, and that's what I got. I was really let down. So that's just a personal preference. Raw after Mania, worst show of the year. Davey, uh, I'm gonna go to May. I- I'm similar to Braden. I've I've watched way less main roster this year than I ever have. Um, so, but it's one thing that sticks in my mind. And it was the introduction of the wildcard rule. And this came from May 6th, 2019. Um, just the whole idea of the the wildcard was, was so stupid to me and just angered me, insulted me. Um, and I think it was the, the beginning of a series of just terrible, terrible roars. And this was the start of it. It was just Band-Aid solutions. Like it was. It was, oh, we need... Viewer declines. Like, that was it. Roman Reigns had moved to SmackDown about two weeks before. Like, it wasn't like the superstar, like the black brand split after the superstar shakeup had been going for a while. It was mere weeks after. And, oh, Roman's on SmackDown now, but we need him on Raw right away. Um, it was so dumb. And just, it was the beginning of me stopping watching this year. Wait. I went with uh, also WWE Raw, but from December the 16th, this, of course, was the hour-long gauntlet match with no finish. Your um, worst match of the year, John. No, you um, changed it. <laughs> number two now. Oh, number two. Sorry. Well, I, I, will, Asterix. I will put this into the tomb. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, it wasn't just this, this, this gauntlet match, but I would say the addition of a really quiet crowd this particular evening. Um also, being the first half of a double set of tapings perhaps maybe contributed to, to the lack of reaction from this particular crowd on this evening as well. But uh, I, I feel like of all the Raws this year, I will probably remember this one a little bit more than the others. Well, mine is kind of similar to that way because it's about not having a finish. Uh, but this is where I think mine might take the cake, okay? 
because I'm going back to May the 17th. And on that night on the Pursuit Channel, Impact Wrestling built up to their main event of Michael Elgin and Rich Swan that went to commercial break and just never came back. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was I working? Was I working the board there? <laughs> this, this, for if you had tuned in on a Friday night to watch Impact Wrestling, your main event was back-to-back commercials that rode out the hour because they just never came back to programming. And this, this to me, this impact on Pursuit period was what a disaster like there were constant stories there i I had heard that you had to be able to record all four blocks to get all of impact because they break it up by the half hour they there were just constant issues with impact there were there was a week where last week's aired instead of the no that was when i was when i was when i was working i think this happened on pursuit (laughs) yeah probably (laughs) just a disaster like the no longer do we get ratings anymore because pursuit is that low of a channel so in that sense access is certainly an upgrade for impact but to me and the fact that like this wasn't even noticeable like that tells me i don't think impact had ever fallen lower in their history going back to the pay-per-view days on wednesday nights than they did running weekly on pursuit and um they went to commercial and never came back (laughs) who won the match we'll never know elgin or swan i'm sorry no nothing that happened on raw can top or bottom that cage match just has the shrug emoji (laughs) we don't know we don't know who won this one unless you were there next up is worst event of the year last year our choices for worst event were a unanimous choice of wwe crown jewel uh, this year let us start with davy worst event uh i am going for a super showdown yeah, yeah. I, i'm sticking to to saudi what's saudi happened Arabia. on that one that was goldberg taker that was goldberg taker that was um it wasn't shane mcmahon Shane McMahon was in that one. Um, was it Shane Roman? Fuck, I can't remember. Wow. I, I went through these all. Uh, you had that Lars Sullivan. Um, Lars Sullivan against Lucha House Party. Yeah. Just, it was boring. Yeah. It was just boring. I, I did enjoy the main event, though. <laughs> <laughs> Selfish reasons, I think. Um, I'm just going to back back and say the same thing, because I, I had in my head a recent one that I just watched... And it was because I, I had a Sunday night off and I came home at like 7 p.m. And I was like, wow, there's an event tonight. Sure, I'm going to make some dinner and watch it. And I watched TLC and I just thought, wow, am I just far, far removed? I am not enjoying any of this. There was a tag team ladder match with the revival in New Day. I was so excited. Didn't care for it. Didn't care for anything. The only thing that, that was the best match on the show. Yeah, I, I really was like, this was not very good. And then the main event, you know, it had its issues, the Kyrie Sane injuries and stuff. But like, he, here we are saying Goldberg and Taker, it had an injury as well. I just thought that that whole card sucked. But you know what? I'm going to stick with my guns. I'm going to say the Super Show. I just, I remember what killed it. Well, I, I've looked at the card and this was, it was the Randy Orton Triple H match that went for 25 minutes, oh. followed by Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley. Followed by Kofi Dolph Ziggler. And Kofi Dolph Ziggler had a series of terrible matches this year. Yeah. Um, that show sucks. And then luckily it picked up at the end with Goldberg Taker. The best. I went with TLC. I thought that uh, it narrowly squeaked past Hell in a Cell for me, which had the saving grace of the women's Hell in a Cell match that opened up the show. And a, and a really good tag match with Harper and Rowan against Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. And for those two matches, uh, I gave TLC the nod here. Uh, outside of the ladder match... Um, 
you know, Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy had a fine match, but the crowd was tuned out of that. Then you had a non-finish in the KFC-sponsored Viking Raiders OC <laughs> debacle. Um, a very <laughs> underwhelming Roman Reigns TLC match that... Against who? Against King Corbin. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bray Wyatt destroys The Miz, and then we got to forget this match uh, afterwards because we got to rehab The Miz for a number one contenders match. And then, yeah, a 26-minute main event that totally fell apart. So... Yeah, that was my worst of the year. Way? I went with Hell in a Cell. And to be honest, I don't remember a thing. <laughs> it was beyond, very bad. Beyond the it main was event. very bad. And that's a quality I, choice. I just remember that I didn't I I didn't like it, and I guess I saw it. Um I mean it was like TLC. The first two year. matches were all you can say positive. And that's about what it. I find hard when that there to be fair, there wasn't a show this year where universally every match sucked. Because I feel bad picking someone like TLC because I, I actually really enjoyed that Buddy Murphy Alistair Black match. Mm-hmm. Similar with Hell in a Cell, like uh, Sasha Banks. Um, but look at the quality Becky that we're talking was in about. our shortlist. Like when you tune into a New Japan show, you're not tuning in for two matches I know. or a takeover. Like the standard has changed. Yeah, w- this roster has never been deeper. So this is you know that that's the state of the art now. It's not just well. I hope there's a good four star match on this. It's like yeah, bare minimum now. Like that's the standard that fans I think should have. True, you should have a higher standard now because everyone across the board has raised match quality. That I'm not tuning in for one or two matches. I want a solid, consistent show. And maybe WWE running five plus hours with ten matches when a lot of great shows are doing half that. Maybe that's a sign yeah. as well. Um, Worst character. Last year, our worst character choices. We had some some <laughs> interesting choices. Davey had Lacey Evans. I chose Antonio Cueto, the father of the dead Dario Cueto, <laughs> who came back from the dead. Braden, you went with Jesse Elaban from NXT. Wow. <laughs> wow. Remember Where's her? She gone? Well, good. Uh, her character. Her character was she botches. That was her gimmick. <laughs> yeah. That was her gimmick. I said, I think you can quote me. I said, let's see how far that goes. And Way had the statistician Dana Brooke. No, did I? That's your worst character. You're such a Dana hater. No, I'm sorry. Way, why don't you crunch the numbers on your worst character? Okay, well, uh, I I feel like... I wonder if I'll remember this character next year. I certainly hope not, because my character is Shorty G. Um, a character that, you know, a wrestler that we, we, we all know is incredibly talented. And initially when like rumors of like, oh, like somebody, somebody reported out there somewhere that, oh, WWE has plans to call him Shorty Gable. It's going to be crazy. I was like, no, they're not. This is one of those bullshit internet rumors that's never going to come true. And then sure enough, like it would be one short joke after another before. And then King Corbin did, you know, did the classic, I think, uh, coronation, uh, calling him Shorty G. Uh, and and he, when he started to dress up in the basketball shorts and the basketball shirt, um, I have no idea, like, what is going on? Because they, they clearly see something in him enough to push him up to a certain level. They're giving him airtime. But to waste all that effort on somebody. I would all- say not at this point. Yeah, I guess Even not at this point. Greatly sure. reduced. Well, he is getting on on TV more so than he was before, yeah, and he, he also you you spent a lot of TV time on him in the past. So I don't think it's completely uh, an, somebody intentionally burying him. I think it was a real effort in somebody's twisted mind to get this guy relatable and over to a certain section of the audience. And I can tell you, 
in January right now, I don't think it's been all that successful. Uh, in ring, of course, he's great, but that's all he's going to be seen as. Um, in, in fact, um, you can argue he was even better off like just being on 205 Live and not really doing a whole lot than he is right now with with the gimmick. Arguable, debatable, but nonetheless, it's a gimmick that I, I really can't fathom anybody coming up with for anything other than you know somebody who's supposed to be a jobber. So I'm really disappointed in Shorty G. Yeah, I, I thought you could... Uh, I was a big fan of the allure in Ring of Honor, um, but no, Shorty G was my worst character this year, and it was just sad to watch. He had two dynamite matches with Jack Gallagher on 205 Live that I, I thought kind of revitalized 205 Live temporarily when they uh, did that that first match back in June. It was an excellent He's match. He's such a good wrestler. No, it's it's also, it's like this is to me, like there was, who who was watching this guy and saying, oh God, he's so short. Like this is to me just a stupid even observation. You, even if you say that, would that be something that you would amplify and tell everybody? You Shorty know, G. like would that would that be the sort of the crux of the identity of the person that you would want to create? It's like why do you why do you even have a two hundred five live show if size is perceived as a weakness? You're also you know talking I mean? about a former Olympian, yeah. somebody with some of the most legitimate credential. He's amazing. Like if you could make Taz into something, like if you can make. I don't know, Rey Mysterio into like a, a credible threat. How could you not take an Olympian and do the same? This guy, I just, I hope one day we're watching him on unden- undeniable or undesirable to undeniable mm. <laughs> because I can't wait for him to do his retrospective on, on this run and how hard it was for him to just get through this stupid, stupid gimmick looking like uh, an outcast from Space Jam. It just sucks. <laughs> He's no a terrible monster. character for just a phenomenal wrestler. Braden. Uh Yeah, I mean, now that you mentioned it, I really do hate that character. Uh, I was going to pick The Fiend, but earlier you picked him as your worst wrestler, and that kind of made more sense because it was more of the wrestling that I hated of the, the, the Fiend character I'm kind of into because you're right. Whether or not you like that, you kind of tune into Raw because you wanted to see the, the House of Horrors, the Mr. Rogers Mark stuff. Open. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I necessarily want to pick him as, as worst character. So I'm going to go over to AEW and I'm going to shh the haters and pick the librarian either or just the gimmick of the librarian it's it's interesting because AEW has been really good with people giving their their thoughts and then they they listen and they and, cha- and that was the first one that was yeah, the first was literally really the first thing. sound negative criticism and they kind of doubled down on it and went with it. And yeah. it's like your audience was giving you a clear message that we don't want this direction. It's really strange because the way it was introduced, it, it almost seemed like they were working a bit on yeah. BTE. Yeah, I thought it was a, like they were it was supposed to be a joke, but we've never had a punchline. Yeah. I don't at this point. I don't think we ever are going to get a punchline. No, line. it was like Tony Khan insisted on the librarians. They wanted Punk to be the librarian, and they ended up with these two through a contest yes yeah it, it, i i i really don't know what they were thinking and why they continue to persist with the characters yeah like, I, like this is the kind of shit that people have really been negative on and it's like it's been the largest criticism of aew is this desi- this desire to go into like this like sci-fi comedy route that man it's like your audience is very vocal in wanting something different from this and this to me was the first example of one where it, it was pretty unanimous uh, disdain for these characters when but they were introduced. You still see this character. Like, I, I'm pretty sure I saw him a few weeks ago. So I'm like, okay, they're still going with it. So, yeah, I'm going to choose that. There was there was a lot of silly characters, but this one sticks out to me because AEW's new. So, you, obviously, people are going to judge this thing. And like you said, this was one of the things they're like, oh, we know that people hate this, but we're going to continue to do it. Davey. 
I'm also going to AEW, and I'm going for Emi Sakura. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you okay with that? Yeah. I just don't get it. You get it's, so mad. It was the, the first time she came out, and it was in that uh, the six-woman uh, tag match. Right. I was okay with it. I was confused. I'm like, why is this woman got a mustache and dressed as Freddie Mercury? But it was fun. It was like a fun moment in that match. But then she's challenging... Riho for the women's title and you hear about this fascinating backstory where where Emi Sakura was was training her and she's known Riho since she was a little girl and you go wow that's and it was nothing they told on TV this was all in like a promo video they put on YouTube and they aired just before the match but it was enough to make you go oh okay this is a story here and then she's putting her in a surfboard going hey and you're like what what it it's confusing and it it seems like a a kind of fun baby face character yet she's a heel i i don't get it but i do love hearing braxton witherspoon saying emmy sakura give me back that microphone uh so i i've got to give her credit for that (laughs) this one was introduced last year this category of worst piece of merchandise where you chose the b-team shirt that was like the homemade oh, Sharpie nice. the yeah. design. Yeah. I chose the comda.com baseball cap that Don Callis <laughs> wore leading into Bound for Glory, where every other comment was about comda.com because they got a title sponsor for the pay-per-view. Davey chose the Rey Mysterio greatest mask of all time because they improperly used the mask. So instead of it looking like goat, it didn't when it could have easily been utilized. And Way also took issue with the style, the decision <laughs> of Emote. WWE Emote. shop. And Brayden, you chose the Baron Corbin wolf shirts. Plural. 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 There were apparently several. Plural. And I bet he still has fucking wolf shirts on that company's website. Davey, you can see how much Brayden and Baron Corbin have grown in the last year (laughs) from these shows. He's gotten away from the wolf shirts. He has king wolf shirts now. They're wolves with crowns on them, probably. Start us off, Davey. Um, This could have been my pick for best piece of merchandise as well. Um... And I'm going for the Fiend's title belt. It's it's <laughs> ugly as hell, but it's six thousand dollars. Sixty. And people are buying it. Sixty five hundred. So if people are sixty five hundred. Sixty five hundred Canadian. Canadian. Okay. Plus tax. Have, have you seen I anyone mean, actually wearing this thing? That not someone wearing has actually it. bought this. I've not bought online. People who've bought it. Yeah. Oh, that's online. Insane. Which that's, is that's insane. Which is madness to me. You and can't buy it today. That's why I'd say I tried to buy it this morning. Is it sold out? Yeah, yeah. Not sold out. You just can't find it on their site. At least here in Canada, I went literally this morning to look at it. Like, and it's literally you have too much money if you're buying this. Completely. Like, put, put this to a greater cause. If you have $6,500, to literally to but it, light on fire. It's why I could argue it's the best piece of merchandise they have. Because if you can sell this piece of shit for $6,500, you, you're doing something right. It, it baffles <laughs> me. It, it's ugly as hell. I want it. But people are buying it. And the thing is, there are people like you, Braden, but who have money, and then are like, I would not buy this for no, the record. But people have a lot of money, and they're like, "Lol, I'll buy it for a joke," and they'll just drop this. And people do that. There are crazy people out there who do this. And I'm a, I'm apologising if any <laughs> listeners have bought this piece of shit, but there have been people that have bought it, oh. which is crazy. But yeah, that's what I'm going for. I had uh, to look it up on the website this morning because it came to mind when I I, I, I looked at my list today and I ha- had missing things in my list of worst merchandise. And I was like, whoa, I didn't even think of that. So 
I went to WWE shop and I looked up The Fiend and I couldn't find the title. So I went to all their replica titles, couldn't find it there either. So I couldn't pick it. So I had to pick something else. And then while I was on WWE shop, I remembered instantly, oh, that's not the worst piece of merchandise they've put out. They put out a lot of bad merchandise. Let's just say NXT t-shirts as a whole. When they did the deal with USA, they somehow had to ink new deals with the wrestlers. Therefore, the wrestlers have merchandise deals. Therefore, you got to have merch. Therefore, everyone like Kona Reeves to fucking Dan Matha to whoever else in NXT got shirts. But their designs were so fucking bad literally i am not a designer i could sit here and draw 10 fucking designs for 10 wrestlers in 10 minutes that were better than all of them they were just their names that said their names you know who wasn't a fan of this merchandise jordan miles wasn't a fan of those shirts either look these shirts were fucking bad and they're still up there right now austin theory just debuted a few weeks ago on nxt tv and he's on his Twitter being like, hey, go buy my new shirt. It literally just says, Austin Theory. Cool. <laughs> what a shirt, man. I can't wait to buy it. This is why people love the Pro Wrestling Tees thing because it's so creative and stuff. But what a joke. Like, what? You do uh, have to narrow it down to one. Oh, fuck. Uh, Jordan Miles. <laughs> Jordan Miles. <laughs> yeah. <All> right. <laughs> way. I also went with the Fiend belt. It was, I think, the most notable piece of merchandise this year, and uh, not for a pleasant reason. So, I, I mean, I think it's a daring stunt. You know, it's almost like, um, like sometimes, like, don't they have like uh, special iPhones or something? Or I, well, I don't know. I, like, wasn't there like an Apple Watch that was like ex- incredibly more expensive, right? Like, okay. Solid gold or something sure. like that. Um, <clears throat> yay, the wealth divide. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's 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 it was a stunt, and the fact that they at least sold one or two of these things. Tells you that um, you can sell anything, pretty much. And maybe that's what depresses me a little bit. But worst piece of merch, my choice. Um, <laughs> I went with WWE 2K20. Oh, <laughs> true. A good one. We didn't even get it this year. That's how you know it's bad, dude. Uh, now, we full, didn't even play it. Full disclosure, I've never played one of these games. <laughs> but, man, did I get some entertainment out of watching the glitches. <laughs> this looks like the most garbage video game that has ever been produced. Like, wow. what a disaster this thing was. Like, franchise killing to me. Yeah. Like, there was so much negativity. Uh, I think it was IGN that wrote, like, a scathing review of this thing. Uh, just got rightfully torched. And I am really curious to see how they resurrect this brand next year and what you do. Because it was th- – there was no polishing this thing. It was a disaster of a, of a rollout for this, for this game. I, I almost think, like, you have to – shelved this thing for a year or two before you come back with a new and improved engine and totally revamp this thing. Cause I, I think you killed the, the, the 2k, uh, the WWE franchise. Uh, yeah. Be, me and you, David, we play all the games. We, I got into wrestling because of the video games. Here comes the pain is the one thing I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll just watch it all the time instead. And that's how I got into it. But this is the first year in maybe ever where we both didn't even consider we we're, we live together. And as soon as we became friends, we started hanging out and playing the video games. Like that's what wrestling fans do who like that stuff. And this is the first year ever. We're like, Oh, that's ooh, 80, 80, 90 bucks for this. Okay. Let's just go out or let's just play last year's. Let's play fire pro. Let's play Mario Kart. Let's play anything but that. Cause it's that looks the cats bad. of the video game. World. Yeah. It looks bad. <laughs> um, there was an image going round of, I think it was the rock from this game and the rock from, one of the games from the PS2. So we're talking... Here comes the pain. Like Shut your mouth. Just 12 years ago, 12, 15 years ago, and the PS2 version looked better. Crazy. You compare it to NBA 2K20, oh. and it looks like it's real life. It Ridiculous. Yeah. It's so bad. Yeah, I but, agree. But would you rather buy 
800 copies of 2K20 or one Fiend Championship. The Fiend title. The Fiend title. And then sell it for even more. Worst Angle. Last year, let's look at the selections for Worst Angle. We have Davey choosing... Well, Davey and Way choosing Drake Maverick pissing himself. (laughs) Braden chose Nicholas winning the tag titles at WrestleMania 34 with Braun Strowman. And I chose uh, exploiting leukemia for Dean Ambrose's heel turn. Oh, what wow. a comedy band. Those all sound bad. No, what a banner year. Uh, this year, for worst angle, let's start with Way. Uh, since I already talked about Lashley and uh, Rusev and Lana, uh, I'm going to have to pick for my worst angle of the year, Mike and Maria Bennett's cock angle. And I believe this one was a cock angle, I have to think. Right? I mean, no, I don't know. I don't know, man. Okay, well, uh, I picked that one. Um, (laughs) I, I don't know. I think it was just uh, more, more um, evidence that this show either is produced by somebody who is extremely out of touch with what people want, or at worst, a vehicle for that person to just get their weird fantasies or weird frustrations out uh, in a public stage and. I, I just I can't necessarily think of any po- positive justification for for what was going on. Was Mike Bennett supposed to have benefited from this in any way? Like at the end of this, if the if the storyline had gone on exactly as planned, could Mike Bennett have been a positive or any type of notable professional wrestling personality at this point in time? He didn't benefit. Oh. <laughs> um. I, I I would also choose the Mike Kanellis and Maria angle. N- like, no ending to it either. Just just went into the ether, and then suddenly Rusev and Lana took over the roles. I think it's also worth noting this year, the brand split. Like, here we do the superstar shakeup, and we acknowledge that numbers are falling, so we need this stopgap that is the wild card. It, fully acknowledging we don't have the star power on both shows by splitting these, so let's do a draft. And to me... This came at a time when you're going on to Fox, you watch SmackDown and it's, man, they, you feel like this is a roster of like 20 people. Like they're just trying to fill out time at certain points. And it's like, it's greatly to me hurt the show because there is a lack of star power on both shows at this time. Raw is desperately trying to create new talent. You didn't even get like a great week out of those draft episodes. Like those were not executed very well. So I don't think even the short term of doing a draft helped either show. And the end result is like we've got a roster that we're trying to create stars. And I always split the shows in half. And I I think that it, it greatly has hurt both shows by doing the draft now. So uh, I'll go with the brand split. I, th- <laughs> I think we, we can uh, put that one on the tomb. Davey? Uh, worst angle of the year. I'm going for Eric Angle who strangled a kid at a wrestling oh. show and was arrested. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. Braden, please follow that. Uh, well, like, this is where I'm torn. The kid didn't die, by the way. It's... <laughs> okay, the kid's oh, okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck because I really hate the, the cuck angle with Maria and Mike, but then it was like, Pawned off to Lana being like, hey, I'm, hey, Rusev, uh, I'm fucking Lashley. 
and I hate both of them is equal. So I really don't want to pick other. Is it? Can it not be smorgasbord into the same? Like, isn't it the same? You say this for every category, but like pick they one. all shit. Oh man. Okay, guys, I really hate Lana. Did I already pick Lana as something? Okay, then I'm gonna say the Mike because there was a specific episode where they did something with Mike and Maria that was so bad about her being pregnant. That was a specific, like, line in the sand for me. So I'm choosing that as well. Uh, Wrestlers, don't let other wrestlers fuck your partners. That's all I learned from both of these angles. Like, if you are in a relationship... This brings out the worst in all of us. (laughs) Don't bring out... Don't bring your your partner on the road with you if you learn anything from wrestling. Because bad things will happen. And they'll fuck your wife. The next subject going on from that Brandon, isolate that. I was not expecting worst angle to generate those kinds of answers. Worst... Music. Uh, oh, oh I'm excited for oh, this yeah. one. Way, Way and I were correct last year because we chose All In by Downstate. Oh, you Bra- mean best. Braden chose the B-Team's theme, and Davey chose both the song Celebrate and New Orleans by Kid Rock at WrestleMania. <laughs> See, he got to choose two things. Did he not perform at that WrestleMania? He should have. I can't remember if he did or not. He I, not. He if, if he did, I, I just got rid of it from my, my memory. Uh, worst music for the year... Are you ready? By oh, ACDC. Oh, that's pretty oh. bad, yeah. 2019, we're going on to network television, and ACDC is the song we want to connect. Oh, all the Aussies are mad at you right now. 18 to 49 great, demo, that... here we come. No, that song sucks. No, I hate it. Terrible. There's no TNT. What made it worse was the the Survivor Series where the teams would come out to oh, it, yeah. and you saw Braun Strowman like <laughs> strutting to the ring to, Are you ready for a good time? It was terrible. It's an awful, awful song. Like to me, what what a disconnect to your audience by like nothing against ACDC, but man, what a uh, like I, I hope that when when WWE gets a TV deal in in 2050 on whatever the uh, you know your your microchip broadcaster that goes on your eyelid is <laughs> not using. Sum 41 is like our theme to connect with the though. young kids. You'd say. lose it. Don't even lie. You would love it. Yeah. You're all to blame. I mean, who would use Sum 41 to start off on yeah, a, come a on. show every week? I mean, Get out of here. That would just be silly. <laughs> Braden, you are one of uh, the most musically inclined people I know. What was the worst music this year? This is a great year for this category. We need to go deeper into this because we didn't just have new theme songs for new Smackdowns and all that. We had a whole new wrestling company that came out. And that doesn't mean you're exemplified or whatever from this list. No, no, no. You get crucified even more. So I know a lot of people that say AEW's great, but they really just have shit music. And there's so many that I can pick from this. David, I already know your choice is from this list. So I'm not going to say that one because it's on this list. It it wasn't even in my mind until a a non-fan of ours was over and was like, hey, this guy's theme is, is amazing. And we, were, we we looked at each other like, what? So we, we listened to it. It's bad. But there's there's so many that stuck out he to me. He liked a song that was terrible. <clears throat> yes. Um, what but, was the song? Well, I, I'm going to say it. Sorry. I was right. leading up to picking yours. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, but I'm okay, changing okay. I'm changing mine. Right. There's one that stuck out to me that's so fucking bad. Um, it's, you know, in, in WCW, when the wrestlers would have ripoffs of other songs, like DDP, Nirvana, yeah. and all that shit. So Dustin Rhodes comes oh, out brains do. to have a ripoff of Green Day, not some 41. It's so bad. Argue, you can argue that that's one of the more identifiable themes in AEW. But it's so, it's a ripoff. Like, that, they should be cry. sued. <laughs> My best theme of the year. That said, DDP came out to self-high-five. Like, I'd go 
I yep. Shit. Be awesome. I think that's a big negative on the network now that you don't have that anymore. Yeah. DP's got Some his people weird. People are known for like the rip off themes. Yeah, I, I, there's a few in 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 AEW where I'm just like, really, like, whoa, can we not do better than that? Like, really? Like, I also don't associate Dustin Rhodes as like a connoisseur of like Dookie and you know. Yeah, we don't know if it's supposed to be brains. It def- dude, oh, come, come on, on. It's, come on. Of course it is, but I, I just, I, I mean, I, I. <laughs> I'm sure the creator probably has that in mind. I don't know if it when AEW chose that particular song for Dustin or when Dustin chose that song, he he might have. Okay, right? Yeah, yeah, but I don't know, it could be. <laughs> there's right. there's just so many. Like we've had the there's there's pluses to new music being introduced, but it affects you so greatly. So like I, I I'm picking Brain Stew, but I really want to say as a music head, like there's a lot of bad music in there. They should have someone like overseeing this stuff, like. Hit, they they have hot tag teams come out. You have um, Sean Spears, who's got I think Wrestle and Flow doing yeah. his. It's amazing. But like, was it him that went and got that done? Was it was Cody that went to Downstate to ask them for his theme? Yep. So like, maybe if you're a wrestler, even though you're in AEW, maybe you want a specific sound, then get it yourself because if you're handed something, it's gonna be shit. So uh, I, I do pick many AEW themes as worst ring songs entrance songs of the year but one that does stick out is the brain stew ripoff for dustin but there's one that specifically there's another one that davey needs to talk about because i know he wants to i I think just in aew there's such a gulf between like co like cody's kenny's darby allen's i think is pretty oh yeah darby's sick uh jericho that i feel they just they're so much higher than it makes the others seem even worse if everyone had kind of generic stuff you wouldn't even think about the music, but the fact some people have Cody has this elaborate entrance and then others are coming out to, well, what I'll go on to next. <laughs> yes. Uh, a friend of ours was over the other week and he was just going, Hey, you've got to play this guy's theme. <laughs> this guy's theme is awesome. Like what? I'm like, goes, I can't even think of it. And we go, well, how does it go? And he goes, just put it on. He was talking about MJF's theme. Do you know what MJF's theme no. is? No, no one does. It's like, don't, do yourself a favor and go YouTube MJF AEW. There's nothing memorable about it. Don't don't play it here. We'll get flagged. (laughs) And MJF is such such a big character in AEW. One of their biggest, like, fresh new characters who hasn't been seen in WWE or anything. Uh, He's incredible on the mic. Uh, He should really have some music to match that. And, oh, God, it's terrible. Yeah, it's not very good. I would say all these years in, I, I really think Roman Reigns greatly needs an upgrade. Like what that, that old Shield theme, like man, put some lyrics over that thing. Same with Matt Riddle's too. Like that, that thing is the beat is really sick on Matt Riddle's. A, yeah, but that feels like an unfit. It's like okay, here's step one of like the song I'm putting together. How do you like it? Can I proceed now? It's like yeah, great. This is phase one. These wrestlers need to hit re- me up. They did do a remix. It was with Dog Barks. <laughs> Damn it! Don't yeah. you remember? Yeah, well, I, I've I've tried to forget. Way. Uh, you know, uh, honorable mention I have to give to King Corbin's uh, King Corbin That's remix terrible. Of, of the of the theme where it was just <laughs> like I got excited when he when the first notes hit of that song because I'm like oh he's got a new song, it goes right back to his old one, then back to this horn thing that he he's got going on, and then back and forth, and this leads me to my worst <laughs> I music know where he's pick going. Oh, of the yes. year. Oh, he hated this. Kyrie Sane and Oscar. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, <laughs> fade her up, fade her down. Jesus, like, what, what, like, uh, what kind of, like, weird, you know, sampling of democracy is this? Where, like, you cannot get along, you can't have one person pick another, so we gotta have both songs, not even mashed up, per- like, nicely. It's like, it's like if I shared a car with, like, you know, um, like, you know, my girlfriend, she wanted a, a, a red car, and I wanted a black car. <laughs> well, let's paint half the car black, half the car red. You know, like, that's how that would stupid be awesome. this is. That'd be really cool, Wayne. Cool. You end up with, with <laughs> just... See, see, if I had stupid Bray Wyatt title money, I would buy Way a car now that was, like, half black, yeah. half red. Like, you just end up with the ugliest thing to walk down the ramp to, and, and just this this is what, what it was. Thank goodness they changed it. But I just can't believe that they would go to air with it, much less with, with it for, like, three, four months. It took forever for them to just it, kind of move on. It actually it. hurt my brain watching that that one. I was like, wait, is and that what like they're, they're doing? And it's not isolated. Like, they always do that with the teams. It's like, oh, no. theme one, theme two, theme one, theme two. It's like, Jesus Christ. Um, it's not how music works. <laughs> <laughs> From worst music, we move on to our next category. And we have got worst celebrity moment. What was the worst of someone dropping in last year, clean sweep everybody. David Arquette at GCW's LA Confidential show with that horrific match with Nick Gage that I'm sure is going to be profiled in this documentary that David Arquette uh, has coming out later this year. This year, worst celebrity involvement. I'm going to start, and mine was Michael Che and Colin Jost at WrestleMania. <laughs> I thought this was like the dirt worst when it came to every lame stereotype of like. What you imagine outsiders think of wrestling lets us come up with this as the creative for these guys and Colin Jost will make fun of wrestling and we'll look like fucking idiots in the lead up to this. And we did all this stupid shit with these two that culminated in that Andre the Giant battle royal. I couldn't wait for this stuff to be over. And I enjoy the weekend update segment. But man, was this a collision of worlds that I didn't I did not need to see ever again. Yeah, I'm a very big fan of Colin Jost and Michael Shea. I've I've seen some of they were so lame in this. They, yeah, they were really bad in this. I I, I originally chose uh, Tyson uh, Fury, but I actually forgot this happened because during this battle royal, uh, I went to get my like food and drink at WrestleMania, so I didn't watch it. I watched it on like a little screen. So uh, I'm gonna say that anyways because I remember the lead up. I was like, oh, this is awesome. I love these two, and I'm a big fan of Michael Shea's uh, stand up. And what I don't know. Sometimes when your worlds collide, it doesn't equal out to the right thing. And this was something I don't. I was. You're right. It made it made fun of wrestling, which you shouldn't be doing. Even in even no, even in comedy, it just doesn't work. Especially in 2019, I thought that was really bad and just kind of like a slap in the face because uh, they're not even that famous. New York famous. It wasn't working. Didn't work. Way. I went with Cain Velasquez and Tyson Fury at Crown Jewel. Uh, am I allowed to pick? Yep. Both of them as one. Well. Oh, you can pick both. <laughs> they were presented as a package deal yeah, for that show. I mean, in particular, I think it was just more so the fact that we were really only just a year removed from, I think, everything that, that you know, uh, that took place at Crown Jewel. And I, I would say I was certainly not shy about, like, my criticism for somebody like Shawn Michaels being a, a participant on that show and really for anybody who has a choice to be a part of the show and chooses to willingly – Jump in. And um, that really was not lost on me as it related to either Cain Velasquez or Tyson Fury uh, for their participation at Crown Jewel. Um, I would say really furthering, I think, the my negativity was Cain Velasquez, uh, the match he had in the event itself. I thought Tyson Fury put up a good, very good effort for a, um, a non-wrestler. 
Um, but nonetheless, I I didn't think it was an example of professional wrestling that I necessarily needed in 2019. So this would be my worst celebrity moment. That press conference segment with Braun and Tyson Fury was embarrassing bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Terrible. Davey. Um, I'm going for a specific moment, um, and that's Cain Velasquez. But coming out at the end of SmackDown, the, the premiere on Fox. The idea of Cain Velasquez coming out to challenge Brock, awesome. I'm I'm totally for that. But coming out right after Kofi's loss, and right away, Kofi's lost the title, and WWE are telling you, forget he was champion. For, forget that ever happened. Brock is your champion, and Velasquez is here. Um, that's what upset me a lot, was um, that that Kofi moment should have... I mean, that should have continued. That should be a story that he's lost the title, and they immediately wanted you to forget it was a thing um, in replacement with Cain Velasquez. Worst promotional tactic. Last year, all of us chose the WWE-Saudi Arabia relationship and everything, especially going into Crown Jewel. Um Lots of negativity towards that, and I think it's hard to argue that. And you could probably list this for the, the next remaining eight years of this deal <laughs> that they have with them. Um, worst promotional tactic, Braden? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wrote down the Crown Jewel, like Saudi Arabia stuff, because I don't like any of those those weird shows that feel like giant manias but are also house shows. Like, any of those just feel weird. I feel... Non-canon mania. Yeah, like... I feel icky watching it. I feel like I shouldn't be watching it, so I don't. Uh, so I, I want to say that, but I also... Like, a promotional tactic, you just said, using Cain Velasquez on that SmackDown to to hype up the the event with him and Brock was, was pretty shitty because he just... Kofi so I don't know if you could use that as a promotional tactic I have a few under this list that I just I just hate so I'll, I'll just I'll just leave it at, at the crown jewel like in in general Saudi Saudi Arabia you said I'll pick this one for the next eight years because it's just bad um, we did look at another one in recent getting ready for this list that was on the other side where it was from AEW which I'm not sure if anyone else put, picked but um, it was the 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 end of was it fight for fallen yeah I wouldn't pick this because uh, a charity is benefiting from yeah. it, but it kind of just rubbed me the wrong yeah, way. The padding on the back of each other. It's we've raised all this money. It was at the end of the show. It just felt awkward. Yeah, I felt this should have been something for the the live audience, not on the pay per view. Yeah, that was really weird. I mean, it definitely made me go AW. Like this seems like a Vince move where they're, they're like, "Look, in digs at we got WWE this giant check. It. Fuck WWE. We're giving a hundred thousand to gun control." I'm like, okay cool like that's that's doesn't help you guys in any way i don't know it just that that was fucked up too so i'll pick both <laughs> way um is this like sort of like the the opposite of the, the best social media like or is it oh not this is like, is this a something this is a promotional different? tactic it can be whatever either one well i mean uh, since we don't have a worse social media oh wait because i we could pick a few for those <laughs> yeah this, I, this could fall under that i'm category. going with uh cory graves uh the infamous tweet i think uh directed at, at more ronaldo of course um you know a lot's been said uh, obviously. his defense was he was trying to build up survivor series so that would be a promotional tactic that on his or, part or, you know it could have been promoting like um uh uh, his reputation amongst the other announcers, perhaps. I, I really don't know. But uh, either way, if there was a since we don't have a proper worst social media category, I, I do have to nominate Corey Graves. Throw that into the tune this year. 
Um, I, I had a few here. I thought, uh, you know, this is, we just get used to this kind of stuff, but it was like, they promoted John Cena all the way up through the Royal Rumble, and then the day of announced, oh, he's he's not on the show. And I remember reporting at the time, he, he's not scheduled to be at the Royal Rumble, but they, you know, you that's he is one of the very few movers that maybe some people bought tickets because they wanted to see John Cena, and there was no intention of him being at the Royal Rumble. The continued reintroduction of Hulk Hogan that... I'm not saying that this guy is it cannot be used, but you cannot just put this guy out in front unless you have the balls to put this guy out on your television and fucking apologize. And I think that that's uh, very clear. And the fact that he was removed from your programming and the the reason why has never been addressed on your program, uh, that to me is just that's that's cowardly. And the biggest one for me this year. Uh, John Cena making fun of the Usos for a DUI three days before Jimmy Uso was arrested for a DUI. Um, and that was a comedy line three days earlier for someone who had prior, uh, previously uh, been arrested for such. So he needs his lawyer present. I think making light of DUIs, this is also not the first time that they've joked about DUIs and promos or that table for three segment with Jeff Hardy. And it's just it's not funny. It's not funny to joke about DUIs and I thought it was you know just unbelievable the timing of that that three days later jimmy uso gets arrested You're, um yes yeah oh yes David. Yeah. <laughs> sorry i wasn't entirely sure how to de- define this one yeah um but i'm going to the whole uh ring of honor kelly klein joey mercury situation that unfolded quite recently um i just think uh as a as a promotion to to let go a talent who's just been off with concussions and is raising some legitimate concerns about it. And just the way they dealt with that was uh, very unprofessional in my eyes. I don't think it made the company look any good at all. And then it caused Joey Mercury to just throw all this shit that's happened in the last year, um, leaking conversations that they had about putting the title on Taven rather than uh, Marty, all that stuff. I just thought uh, Ring of Honor looked awful. Um, so that would be my pick. Yeah, no, all all good choices. Uh, your worst take. So this, like the definition of this is somewhere along the past year, you had a strong opinion and it changed over the years or, or over the year, or you just look at it differently than you did at the initial time so last year for some examples here way uh you explained not fully understanding the extent of the wwe's relationship with saudi arabia during the greatest royal rumble and the propaganda presented that you learned a lot more of throughout the year um brayden went into aj Styles shinsuke nakamura thinking it would be a much better match (laughs) which i mean that's I'm sure that kept you up at night after. Dude, that's a big thing. Imagine you wanted to see AJ Nakamura, and then you got to see that, and you'd be really mad. Mine was the night that they turned Dean Ambrose heel. I thought the the turn was done very effectively, and I felt very foolish several weeks later when we saw the... Because I thought they weren't really going... That was the same night that Roman announced that he had to leave due to the leukemia. And I felt at the end of it, they weren't... It was subtle, but they weren't going to push this in the cancer direction. So anyway, that to me, definition of a bad take. Uh, Davey was just, WWE are full of shit. (laughs) They promote charities and talk about expanding the women's division, but then they did the Saudi Arabia deal. So 
That was more so your opinion. I don't think that opinion changed. But Apparently, I understood the question. But nonetheless, that, that, I still don't think I understand the question. That was Davey's uh, answer last year. Um, I'll start mine because this was a answer I gave at our Q and A show back in at SummerSlam, and I thought that between the two, Eric Bischoff would outlast Paul Heyman in Ooh. WWE in those roles. And my thinking was that there would. In that system that is a pressure cooker, Heyman would be the one to explode and have a falling out with Vince McMahon, whereas Bischoff would be much more adept at playing the game and he would just he would he would outlast Heyman and completely wrong. So Heyman is there, Bischoff is not. Way, what was your worst take of two thousand nineteen? Um I I'm gonna have to go back to my notes, but I feel like I was at least I don't know if I was would classify myself necessarily as a defender, but I was certainly perhaps a, a bit more positive about but the 24-7 title, what it started, than, than you, John. I had hopes that this was going to be a vehicle for a lot more creative storytelling, in much in the same way that I, I think the DDT uh, 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 Iron Man Championship uh, has, you know, at, at previous years become a, a lot of fun to try to follow um, in, in a digital fi- viral format. Um, instead, it's just kind of been a constant, you know, recycling of the same schoolboy finishes with like a, a celebrity cameo here and there, always revol- revolving around our truth. I think it had some glimpses of 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 a, uh, you know, uh, shimmer when when uh, Drake Maverick was attached to it, but they've certainly gotten away from that. And even if Maverick was still attached, it would still be running the same thing over and over. So. Um, maybe that was my worst some of those twenty four seven wins could have been worse celebrity involvement oh, as wow. we look back. Right. Uh, Braden, yeah, my worst take it kind of it's kind of the same thing I mentioned a little earlier that like they lied to us about SmackDown. We all thought, oh, SmackDown's going to be this new sports oriented show. It's going to have Brock Lesnar. It's going to be so tight. It's going to be different from Raw. It's going to be so different. And then I watched it. They fucking got me. I watched it on a Friday night, and what do I see? I saw the guy that I thought was the coolest thing I've seen in wrestling in a long time lose in like three seconds. Kofi Kingston losing to Brock Lesnar. And I go, huh, they did they did that? All right. Okay. Didn't really think that was going to happen. So it's a little bit of both there because I, I thought for sure going into a, a new, I don't know, quote unquote era, uh, you know, it, once you change the theme song to ACDC, I guess there's no going back. But I, I really thought that it would change and uh, it it. The first episode really showed me it did not. So that's what I think. Davey, your worst take. Yeah, there were a few. I, I agree with the the SmackDown thing. Um, For the, 2020, it could be King Corbin was most improved. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but that, that SmackDown started, they have like the kind of uh, the NFL graphics and all that. Yeah. And you look at it and aesthetically, you're like, yeah, this looks more, more sports-like. And it, it was just raw. It was it's just two point blue, blue two, raw. Yeah. And uh, women's tag, I think, could be one of them. Uh, when Sasha and Bailey came out on NXT, we got super excited. The idea of this, uh, these tag titles being defended everywhere. And they've done it once with Kabuki Warriors on NXT. But that's really something you, you could get NXT UK involved with. Um, just You should really have that title defended everywhere. They missed a trick having... They should have kept that on Sasha and Bailey for a long, long time. But um, I'm going to go with WWE is full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, I am going to go with uh, a great character doesn't necessarily mean it will work in wrestling. So The Fiend... 
uh, like losing my mind about it at SummerSlam yeah. in the Scotiabank Arena. Uh, I thought it was so cool. I had faith that it would revitalize Bray Wyatt. Um, and they've just they've just shit the bed with it completely, in my opinion. Uh, sure, he's your champion. I I can't see. I think you've uh, you've put yourself in a corner that I don't know how you're going to get out of uh, with getting this title off of him. Um, the only way I can see is some sort of multi-man match where someone else gets pinned, if anything. I don't know. It's weird. Um, and I had a lot of faith at the at the start that this would be a really cool thing and should be limited. Like, he only appears once in a while. And he shouldn't be near that title for a long, long time. Um, yeah, so so that's my thing. And the final category is one that simply says, I never want to watch wrestling again. A moment that put you to the brink of even continuing to watch. Last year, way you chose Hulk Hogan's return at Crown Jewel. Braden said everything involving WWE and Saudi Arabia. Davies was Sean, Shawn Michaels going for a moonsault to the floor at Crown Jewel, <laughs> and no one caught him. <laughs> you watched him do that? You were like, I'm done. He's like, I'm done. This <laughs> is awful. Just Taker and Kane are like... Oh, sorry, Sean. <laughs> and mine was the go-home Raw for Crown Jewel that was a mixture of the knee-deep in the Roman Reigns leukemia angle and then Taker and Kane cutting a promo about yeah, basically going to Saudi Arabia where they would murder Triple H <laughs> and Shawn Michaels. And it was just such bad taste. And it was just the lowest I can recall uh, viewing this programming in any kind of light. So this year... Why don't you start things off, Davey? What was that moment where you just did not want to watch wrestling ever again after seeing? Uh, it's every time I see Sami Zayn as a manager. Whoa. This is one of the most talented wrestlers in the world in my in my eyes. Um, he was one of your top, top baby faces in NXT, uh, putting on killer matches against Cesaro. Uh, had a, a nice little run on on the main roster. And I think everyone was kind of waiting for him to break through and they brought him back. I think it was the raw after mania. Was it not? We saw his return. Um, and he, he's barely wrestled since yeah. then. And sure. The guy's great on the mic, but why, why are we having Elias in matches? Why are we having Corbin in matches when you've got someone as talented as Sami Zayn and he's just wearing a stupid hat and his stupid jacket and I like the idea of a, a team with Cesaro and Nakamura. And, I like his hat. And these kind of talented guys who are, are kind of floating, not not doing anything. But there's so much more you can do with him. And I, I fear that this is his role permanently from now on. And if that's what he, he wants, and if this has been his choice, that he wants to move into the managerial role, fine. But it, it just upsets me because this is a guy who should be, in my eyes, headlining a WrestleMania as the ultimate underdog baby face and winning way. I went with the fallout from uh, WWE talent being stranded in Saudi Arabia after crown jewel. Um, I feel like there's still a great deal of mystery about what exactly happened in this period. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if things were exaggerated as they were being reported or not, but I, I do certainly feel like there were some very strange things. Um, there was a bad... I could definitely say that there was some poor communication going on between at least uh, what seems to be the, the talent and, and the WWE themselves. Um, 
And bottom line is that I feel none of these concerns would be in this realm of discussion if the WWE weren't in this deal with a government known for their human rights abuses. So it overall, that whole period just kind of made me feel pretty eh, kind of gross about watching professional wrestling. So that would be the moment I would look to. Brayden. Yeah, I mean, noteworthy thing, legit. Like, I, I remember watching it and literally saying to myself, why am I watching this shit? Is when the, the Hell in a Cell fiend and, and Seth, the, the the red lights do it for me. I don't want to watch, literally don't want to watch wrestling again if it's the, those types of matches with the lights. Because, like, I literally don't want to watch that because I can't see anything. But um, I'm going to pick someone, pick something a little bit more precise that, like, also riled some fans this this year. Uh, it happened at Survivor Series. It was in the traditional Survivor Series match, the brand versus brand versus brand or whatever you want to call it, where a guy who's been on fire in the world of pro wrestling and I feel so protected and shows up, your NXT UK champion, Valter, gets eliminated in like a minute in the Survivor Series match. It was three. It was three, <laughs> three minutes. And it was by Drew McIntyre. Come on. Uh, I just, I was like, what? three minute Walter. This is where you make the guy. This is where you make him your star so he can be a mania next year. Look at this guy. Vince, aren't you like drooling at this dude? But no, uh, they eliminated him and he's in afterthought. And I just feel like, wh- what, have, what have we been doing this for? Why have we been watching this? You Usually you do this to build people up. Your next guy, your next guys. And it just puzzles me. I literally go, okay, so fuck me, right? Okay, cool. Fuck you then. I, I, I'm just done. I, I was taken out of that match. I was so like, what? Why would you do this? It just doesn't make any sense to me. There's a whole other big things, but literally those two things made me scratch my head and go, why am I watching this anymore? Um, Just for the sake of the tomb, uh, <laughs> we can't go without including... You said Sami Zayn came back the night after WrestleMania. Well, by the end of May, he was hosting the Electric Chair. Oh. A god-awful segment, a one-and-done segment. This was also the year that produced the Usos and the Revival, which included uh, a segment Ooh. where the Revival were caught on camera shaving each other's back. Usihot. Uh, and the Usi Hot yeah. that they had Usi-hot. to wrestle with. and That was bad. That was awful. But I... I'm going more in the direction of Waze, which was the the fallout of everything that happened after Crown Jewel, and more so after the fact, looking at here are these, to me, very relevant and important questions, and this group of talent, as there's no kind of organization, there's no kind of representation that they even have the structure in place where they can get meaningful answers. Nothing came out of that that talent meeting on Raw that was largely just lip service to there's nothing to see here. And whether there was or there wasn't, they weren't going to be privy to that kind of information. Was Hugo Savinovich act, uh, accurate in his, in who he spoke with? We, we don't know. And it goes to a larger part about the lack of power that the this talent has. That when the WWE signs a $265 million deal for Raw or a $205 million deal for SmackDown, uh, the talent share is nothing. And this is unlike any other sport that has an association or sports union with it. And we watch something like Kyrie Sane happening where here's this woman in the middle of the match where she very well could be concussed and her body is being whipped through a table. Where is the protection? And it's still, to me, 
there is still that element of the Wild West to this industry as much as the WWE has cleaned up certain aspects of their own company, but their talent is largely still left to fend for themselves. And I think that that story coming out of Saudi Arabia really put that into focus. And it was essentially reporters that were out there trying to figure out what, what happened over there. And that was about it. And and I, I think that there still remain questions there. And why did the show air late? And just many questions. And I, I don't think the answers were satisfactory. Isn't it weird? It's weird because no, they, they don't want anyone asking questions even now. Like the, the wrestlers themselves don't tweet about it. There was, there was you know, uh, partners or friends of the wrestlers or talent that were tweeting things. So that leads to different, different suspicions. It's just a whole, like just a big mess and just kind of scary watching as a fan not knowing like you're like whoa what what do you mean they're not what what do you mean they're not coming back what like if you you're a big NBA fan and first of all LeBron would be getting paid way more than all these wrestlers and you're saying yeah he's kind of stuck uh he can't make it to the game tonight what that would be top story newspapers everywhere why the fuck wasn't LeBron on that plane but instead they're like eh whatever it's cool so it's just scary well that is the end of the categories and do we have time to quickly recap the likely unlikelies from last sure, year? Yeah. Is everyone still? Uh, yeah, well, cheer us up. I feel we're all angry. We're, right we're going to, yeah, that was a bit of a, a, <laughs> a down Saudi note. Arabia, Baron Corbin. So we're, we're going to blitz through these uh, very quickly. So last year we did likely unlikely with the following scenarios and what everyone thought. Hulk Hogan being a weekly character on WWE programming, all of us said unlikely, and that was true. Brock Lesnar fighting John Jones or Daniel Cormier this year. Braden, all of us said likely to that scenario. That never panned out for Brock Lesnar. SmackDown gets 4 million viewers for its Fox debut. Uh, me and Davey said unlikely, and I guess it's how you view, because I believe it did 3.9 million, but if you take into account the... DVR yes. viewership. It would uh, go I over didn't four. take that in an account. <laughs> I, I guess that, that was there. Um, Chris Jericho wrestles for WWE. Uh, you two said likely. Way and I said unlikely. Mm. So I think that's that's points for me and Way. AEW is on a strong cable network. Braden and Way said likely. Me and Davey were pessimistic on that one. So <laughs> Davey and I took the loss on that. Wow. Johnny Gargano becomes NXT champion. The only person who didn't believe it to happen was Braden. Oh, really? what? Unlikely. Whoa! Wow! You, you, what was you wrong? did not believe they would pull the trigger on wow. Johnny Gargano. So. Uh, was I wrong? Wow. Okay. Like that vanilla midget? No. <laughs> CM Punk returns to wrestling, which I guess is a loose definition of what wrestling entails. Mm. All of us said unlikely. That's, I still say we're right on that. Yeah. It's not wrestling. It's not a talk show. Lars Sullivan wins a world title. Uh, <laughs> Braden was the only one who said unlikely. Whoa! Yeah, all of us. Guys. Hey, Lars was getting the massive push yeah. a year yeah. ago. Sure. Adam Cole faces a top guy at WrestleMania. All of us said unlikely. Davey thought he would debut the night after WrestleMania. Didn't happen. Uh, four horsewomen versus four horsewomen. Braden and I said unlikely. Way and Davey said likely. Wait, the- wait. Someone wants to see. The, the the horses, the horsewomen, Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir. Not wanted, said if it would happen. Oh, right. Uh, and the last one was Matt Riddle on the main roster. Davey and Way said unlikely. Way did pretty well, I think, on this. I did. I did. Terribly. I didn't, yeah. I didn't. I didn't tabulate all of them. I'm not good at seeing the future. 
Okay, so here are a few for 2020 that I'll forget about until the afternoon that we are recording and then have to go and listen at two times the speed because I didn't write them down a year ago. <laughs> Paul Levesque assumes Vince McMahon's role on the main roster and someone else takes a more active role with Ooh, NXT. That's an wow. interesting one. The Davey, XFL. let's just go in uh, this order. Davey, Way, Braden. I say unlikely with Triple H taking over main roster, but I can see someone stepping up on NXT and taking more responsibilities there. Split NXT up into two nights. <laughs> <laughs> Three hours. I'm going to say likely, because why not? Braden? I'm going to say unlikely, because Vince McMahon will never die and never go away, ever. I kind of agree. <laughs> I, I, I would love to see an extended period where, where that happens, but I'm going to say unlikely. I don't think the XFL is going to divert Vince McMahon's attention to that degree that he's not regularly at Raw every week. Uh, the NX, the XFL is preparing for season two. <laughs> Likely, I feel the demand for like live sport is is higher than ever. So I I feel they could have a season two. Yeah, say likely. I'm gonna say unlikely. I'm saying likely. I think at least they're gonna get a second season out of this whole thing. The undisputed era all leave NXT. Now, I said all leave NXT, so that could be to Raw and SmackDown. That could be elsewhere, but they all leave. Likely. Likely. Unlikely. Yellow and black for years to come. Hmm. It's a hard one. I'm going to say likely. NXT UK strikes a television deal. <laughs> I'm saying unlikely. 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 I'm jumping in there. Probably unlikely. Tessa Blanchard is with Impact Wrestling. Unlikely. 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 AEW or NXT hit one and a half million viewers. What was the debut? The debut was 1.4 for AEW. That was the highest either's hit. So with all the year at one point, they're going to hit 1.5 is what yes. you're saying. One yeah. week, they hit 1.5. Likely. I'm saying unlikely. I'm going to say unlikely. I'm saying unlikely as well. Uh... Kenny Omega wins the AEW title. I'm going to say likely. I think we would not. I feel Kenny's up there. I'm going to say likely. Unlikely. I'll say likely on this one. Paul Heyman remains in his current role on Raw. I'm going to say likely. Unlikely. Likely. Unlikely. Sinclair Broadcasting divests itself of ROH. Hmm. Oof. These are nice. Huh. That's a tough one, John. I'm going to say likely. I'm going to say unlikely. I'm going to say unlikely. I'm going to go unlikely as well. Uh, just a few more here. MLW lands a major TV or streaming deal. Hmm. Something significant. Okay. I'll say likely. Unlikely. I think likely. I'm going to say likely. A WWE pay-per-view event airs as a special on Fox and not the WWE Network. I'm going to go likely. I'm going unlikely. Unlikely. I'll say unlikely. Uh, New Japan announces a non-January Tokyo Dome show. I'm going to say unlikely. This year, unlikely. Unlikely. Likely. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Are we going? And uh, final two here. Chris Jericho wins the IWGP title. <laughs> Uh, unlikely unlikely i'm, I'm gonna say unlikely <laughs> jericho iwgp jericho would you also say tanahashi aew championship then 
Let's say either. Either? Wow. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, well, well, that changes the question. David, you still say unlikely. We're saying wins or challenges? Wins. Let's say wins. I'll say unlikely for wins. Okay. Unlikely for wins. Unlikely. Okay, unlikely as well. And the last one, Cain uh, Velasquez is a WWE wrestler. I'm going to go likely. Oh, I mean, what are we saying? Like, okay, let's say or has a match. He has a regular presence on WWE television. Define regular. Like a Ronda deal. Like, like, a, like Brock or like Ronda? Um, let's say he has at least 10 appearances in 2019. Appearances as in just raw? like On not, television. Not wrestling? Not wrestling. Okay. At least appears. Yeah, like 10 times. In 2020? Hmm. I'll say likely. I'm going to say unlikely because I don't want to see it. I'll say likely, but I think that's... I, I don't see this one working out. I He's apparently scheduled for the Rumble. I'm very curious to see how they utilize him because I think he needs... That match did him no favors, and this... I, I don't know. It's It's a very awkward fit, I think, at this point. But maybe we will be surprised by what happens. All right. 2019 is over. There is no reason to look back on this until next year when we will uh, open this and just laugh, laugh uproariously at all of our silly, silly picks for this past year. But guys, I want to thank you. As always, uh, those of you listening slash watching, you can subscribe to patreon.com slash up next as well as the Post Wrestling Cafe at postwrestlingcafe.com. Guys, thank you as always. This is uh, flowing by. <laughs> yes. Let the bourbon flow, John. Yes. That's what we need to do. Um, Thank you for having us. This is always a lot of fun whenever we get to do shows with you two. Uh, being being brought into the post office is an honor, so thank you. We can tear the wall down now at the end of the show. We just did back-to-back, best of, worst of, and we have been talking for like seven hours. <laughs> oh, boy. Next year, we'll, we'll try our best to split it up, but this year we couldn't Sketch really fit it hard. in. You it seriously got to my house six and a half hours ago. Wow. Yeah. Oh, geez. Wow, so, this was a longer one, but... um, Can I poop in your house? We're not at that stage yet. <laughs> Goodbye. Great way to end the show. <laughs>